Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your boy Silk. All American. Ahmad Black. And Dan. Wow, Dan. I know. It's two weeks in a row. And Dapper Dan. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hey, you know, you know, you know, it's a video going around right now, uh, Silk, of uh, Coach Savage, and you know, he he's outside the the uh, the indoor facility getting the boys crunk as they walk as they come in the indoor for practice, and you know, it all trickles down from from the head man, man. So you know, if, if you know, Dan, you give off bad energy, Dan, at the beginning of the show, it's gonna trickle down, Dan. Who's who's giving off bad energy? Uh-huh. I, I like to think it's like. Right yeah. down the middle. We're giving good energy, you can't, you but we're going to go up from here. All right, there we go. We can go from there, Dan. Good job. Spe- speaking of which, I saw him at uh, Friday Night Lights on uh, on Friday, and I almost ran into him. I had to move out of my way. Um, thought he was going to kill me. He's going to run me over. So, uh, do- so I dodged one, lived another day. So much energy, right? Dude, he's just walking, and he's just, like, walking right towards me, and I'm just, like – I mean, I guess I'll move out of the way because this guy will break me in half. Because <laughs> he ain't fucking moving out of the way. <laughs> no, sir. Speaking no. of energy, speaking of energy, the energy at Friday Night Lights. Uh, we always in town uh, Friday night hanging out, the whole crew. Let's speak on the energy, man. The whole feel from the team, the camp, and the University of Florida, man, what the vibe was like. Man, the vibe was amazing, man. It's just uh, another night of football. Uh, one more night closer to, to our – our team running out on that stadium. Well, I should say in Orlando. Um, everybody excited. Energy was up tempo. The guys was high flying and and moving around. Uh, they started out in the indoor man and, and and got and got into you know uh, into the uh, into the stadium. But uh, you know, I I just love the grind and you know an intense intense workout they had before they got in there. Man, I was just, I'm just excited. Yeah, man, I heard some great things about Tim Smith and, and the workouts he was doing. I was glad the Alabama commit came in and worked out. Uh, what did you feel about the vibe, uh, Dan? Uh, it was good. There's a lot of people there. Um, what I liked about it, too, is that it wasn't quite as big as it's been in the past. Uh, I think they said they had about 350 guys there, which is good uh, because, you know, previous years they've had four, five, six hundred kids, and it's just too many, uh, too many for the coaches. Uh, to try to watch it's too many reps that have to get split up so i uh, thought it was a good uh, a good vibe this year they they had a, they, they had the highlight video that was rolling which was uh really well done uh they had all the staffers uh, out there they had Riedel anthony that was out there a couple other former gators that were out there uh shan snell was out there so uh it was it was good energy from the indoor facility to uh, the work that they did inside the stadium to the uh, to the barbecue cookout that they did afterwards upstairs uh, in the Champions Club. It was all really well done, really tasteful. No bounce houses uh, this year, unfortunately, but um, maybe next year we can steal those from FSU. Yeah, man. We need we need those. Not. Nah. I mean, we didn't have bounce houses, but thank God I had my man Amai to take my uh, son and into the locker room to check out things and meet the main man, Dan Mullen, some of the the players, bro. That bounce house wasn't really needed for me this this weekend. I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> That's like a clown show, like all in one, bro. Like, I mean, just to watch that. All shit. right, let's laugh at this for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Like, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff with all this recruiting stuff. How? How? How is that effective? You know, what I'm saying? do you think it's effective towards little kids or something like that? Like with a bounce house? No, we we, we are there for. For kids who who's a 
about, you know, so hopefully about to come to Florida State. If you got to bring your kids there and we got to and we got to babysit them. Like, first of all, leave, leave your kids home. If they, if, like, what, what is this? You got to bring your kids and we got to babysit them? Hell no. And you, you guys know that their budget's tight. They have the circus right there on campus. They just walked right over to the dollar store, got them some uh, got them some decorations to put up, got some bounce houses from the, uh, the circus that they have right around the corner, and they just had themselves a grand old time. Uh, it makes sense with their uh, the coaching staff and the recruiting staff that they got over there. So it's all a bunch of clowns. So it makes sense to me. I said they're like natural, like they like they natural is that being clowns and shit. Oh, absolutely. But uh, you know, bringing it back to to Friday Night Lights, I think it was good. I mean, the weather was perfect. Uh, the three of us were out there, um, and, and I don't think you could have asked for better weather. Uh, I, I wish they would have been able to spend a little bit more time out there uh, practicing and, and and playing and doing one on ones. Uh, it wasn't as electric, I thought, as, as previous years in, in terms of just some of the one-on-ones that they did and some of the attention that they were drawing to that. Uh, but overall, uh, really effective camp, I think. Uh, you got to see how close uh, all of the commits were. They were all hanging out before Friday Night Lights, during Friday Night Lights, and after. So you really got to see how tight that recruiting class was, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was great. I, I was going to say, you know, I, with, uh, with both of you guys, you know, uh, you know, saying how tight our class was and the camaraderie of our recruits. How do you guys feel about uh, what's his name, Melvin Joseph, kid, kid who decommitted and committed to Florida State, mm-hmm. saying that, that our our recruits are in a tight class, or you know, he didn't feel like a family or something. Well- that's weird to me because I talked to uh, touch a number of recruits when I was there. I talked to Gervin Dexter. I even talked to some of the, uh, I talked to Jonathan Odom when I was there too. Um, and both of them said that they have group chats, both in text and in DM. They said that they talk all the time. I saw their notifications blowing up while they were there. Um, I think sometimes people just talk, man. They're, they're looking for a quote or they just want to say something. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, he started tumbling out of the class according to Tom Skolkamp, started tumbling out of the class a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think at that point you're just kind of looking for uh, – you're looking for reasons or you're just going to kind of talk. Yeah, I said a while ago um, anybody that left this class, we was going to upgrade on, and that's what we've been doing as far as he left. We got a defensive end that was ranked higher than him. I mean, no no, no, no shots at the kid. I mean, he went to a rival program. He got different interests at heart. But I tell you what, <laughs> hands going to get thrown – Every last game of the season, bro. And I think he, he chose to be on the wrong side of these hands. That's all it is. So, I mean, you're just going to take this butt with him. Hey, he's he, he from Lakeland, so, man, hey, I, I wish you all the best. But, you know, all I can say is shit, suit up, Jit. That's all. Yeah, uh, ain't that person. It's all business. That business is business. Just shoot up. That's all. Uh, when, when the time said, are we ready? Definitely up. ready. I mean, all our guys, I mean, they bossed up. You know what I'm saying? All these guys, we know the camaraderie. And shout out to Gervin Dexter, bro. I, that's a gentle giant, bro. Like, being around mm-hmm. such a polite kid. If you just see that kid, like, just you walking down the alley, mm-hmm. that's the most intimidating shit you want to see. Because yeah. this kid goes in his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got the red in the hair. He, yeah. Yeah. When he opened his mouth, he's a, he's a real polite kid, real good kid. And this, well, most well. of the kids we have, as far as I know, man, Dan are getting good character kids and the right guys that fit our program. We're moving in the right direction. Um, yeah, but the a, love, go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say he's he's a funny kid. Uh, when I uh, when I interviewed him, he was surrounded by a bunch of guys and they were all laughing and 
you know, I got to talk to him after we did the interview and just kind of sat at a, a table with some of these guys. And, and you can tell that they really look up to him and respect him as a leader. Uh, he's a real down to earth guy. And I, and I think what I like about a lot of these guys is how tight uh, they are together. And, you know, I know that they're all recruiting uh, together. They're trying to to get uh, Marcus Dumerville and a couple of these other guys, uh, Tim Smith. Uh, they're, they're all kind of collectively working together. So you can tell they're talking and communicating a lot. But I know a lot of times they're they're looking up to, to, to Big Gerv, which is what you want for uh you know your top you know your top rated recruit is a guy that people look up to and respect and man he showed out and he's a he's a big dude he's he's a he's going to be a monster i think for this uh, for this team oh and he shut down his recruitment it broke that news shut down his recruitment too so to get your top rated recruit to shut down his recruitment at the end of july uh especially when there's rumors about georgia and everything else going on uh that's that's big news for for, for florida do, hey, do you guys think that Dan is, you know, getting a message across to these guys or uh, do you feel like, you know, it's, it's just, you know, they, they want to be getters that bad that they want to shut it down? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I think it really kind of depends on, on the player. Uh, but I think what, what Dan wants to do and what what he learned from Urban is the important, and Ahmad, you would know this, the importance of getting some of these guys on early, building their relationships, and then, you know, letting them know how important they are to the class. Uh, and when you let them know that and how many people are looking at them for for leadership and guidance and, and everything else, you, you really start to put the pressure on these kids. Not necessarily to shut it down, but but to show to them how, how big of a leader you are, uh, how much everybody's looking up to you. Uh, and when you do that, you know, you kind of put that – hey, we really need you to be that leader. And everybody looks at you as a leader. And so it's kind of a non-forced, you know, it doesn't force your cards, but it definitely, uh, you know, I think I think Dan definitely applies that uh, a little bit of pressure on him. Um, not a bad way, but just I, I think that he really looks at these guys. And, you know, as this recruiting class gets tighter together, you know, and they have these group chats and everything else, I, you know, if Dan can get these top-rated guys, you know, to not look around, that's going to, you know, you know, I think, you know, encourage a lot of the, uh, you know, kind of your mid-tier guys and everything else to, to look up. And as long as they're not looking around, they're not going to look around. So if he can get them to say public declarations, I think that that's, uh, that's part of his strategy. But I did want to talk about, we're going to move off of uh, all Friday Night Lights. So we're going to talk about some of the commitments. Florida did get uh, a couple commitments this weekend. Uh, they got 2021 quarterback Carlos Del Rio, who did throw uh, looked great, I thought, uh, in the, the couple passes that I saw uh, of him. Had a nice tight spiral, uh, you know, has good size, um, you know, sat around a bunch of the recruits, you know, before and after the game uh, or, or the commits before uh, and during the, the uh, during Friday Night Lights. Uh, Solid-looking kid. Uh, Ahmad, did you get to see him throw much? Yeah, I, I did, actually. Uh, he put the ball exactly where it needs to be. Uh, I just want to see if he's able to do that. Um, you know, with pressure in his face and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, these guys come out and showcase the talent, man. Now, I, I, you know, I, I applaud the guy. I mean, he, he made some, some, some nice throws, uh, you know, down the field. And, um, you know, some, some of the guys, you know, uh, made great plays on him. Some of them didn't. But, you know, at the end of the day, he, he made some great throws. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does this year in school and, um, you know, what his future looking like for the Gators. Yeah, I enjoyed his workout. Um. I wanted to see him see him throw, uh, pitch the ball around live in person, see how it come off his hand and whatnot. He got a strong arm. Oh, yeah, it was some beautiful throws out there. I wish it was some better receivers than out there running routes and whatnot. But he, he had some pretty throws, and I think he fits uh, the, the type of running back, I mean, quarterback that Dan Mullen wants. So we got our guy for 21. Um, 
could they possibly go out another 21 guy? I believe so, uh, especially with Jalen Jones not making it in this cycle. So you got to kind of yeah. uh, tighten that room up a little bit. But I like everything I've seen from him. Yeah, 24-7 has him ranked as the 12th best pro-style quarterback. Um, I think he's got great size. He's six two and a half, and I think he's every bit of that. Uh, has some some nice uh, weight to him. I think you know, especially as a guy that's about to enter his junior year, he's the type of guy that I think could really develop in you know into the size, not necessarily of Cam Newton, but could definitely be you know a bigger you know sturdy quarterback back there. And I haven't seen him run, um, you know, but you know he definitely has the size to be able to you know definitely shed some tackles. What what guys uh you know surprised you guys the most out of it, out there? What what guys did you you know caught you? Who was the who was the uh receiver that we had we jotted down? Damn. Uh Damian Alford from um uh from MacArthur down in uh, down in South Florida. He's a twenty twenty one kid. Uh rival or twenty four seven says he holds an offer from Florida uh and Georgia. I'm not really sure if that's true or not because I know Dan Mullen didn't know who he was because he walked up to him after Friday Night Lights and said, Hey kid, what's your name? Uh jotted him down. But he was definitely an electric player. Uh, it's my understanding that he just came uh down here from Canada. Uh, and tried to go to St. Thomas. That didn't work out. Ended up at MacArthur, uh, and he's about to um, you about to start his his junior year. Uh, six five, uh, every bit of that. Uh, Two ten. Uh, Silk. I know that you asked him yeah. uh, as he was walking off the field as well what his name was. But uh, great looking kid was definitely probably the best uh, wide receiver there in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, are you talking about a kid? He looks like he could be he could line up right now and play college football as a freshman. He like a fresh like he's going into his freshman year of college. Like physically, he's impressive. I had no idea who he was, and he was running like a reindeer out there. I was like, who the hell is this kid? And right after we asked him, I would say like two plays later, Mullen pulled him to the side and, and got his information. So mm-hmm. he was yeah, impressive. Yeah, I don't know where he's looking um, or, or anything else. So, yeah, I don't – he's not a name that anybody told me to watch out for before he started. So uh, he's a kid that I think is going to blow up the list. Uh, 247 doesn't have him ranked – well, 247 has him ranked as a three-star. He's not really ranked anywhere else. So uh, – by the time 2021 comes around, I think that that kid's definitely going to be a, a mid four star, um, you know, or or higher, depending on how he does. And definitely he, depending on who he commits to as well. But that's another story. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you trying to say boys amp up, amp up stats and stuff, man? And, and, and right. Oh, absolutely, man. There's yes. a lot of Fugazi recruiting rankings and oh, things bro. Y'all playing with the rankings over there? Let me Not let y'all. Me. <laughs> Not us, not us, bro. I, you know, I, I said it on on Twitter today. The second you realize that these websites care about how they hit on numbers one through three hundred, or one through two forty seven, or one through two fifty, or whatever their ranking is, you'll realize real quick that anything after that, they don't care. They're there to sell subscriptions. They're there to be a business. They don't care you know, about the integrity of recruits that are ranked 718, because to them, the difference between being ranked, you know, number 500, number 1,000, if you're a three-star, to them doesn't matter. But if it helps draw some more uh, rankings to your website, then or uh, some more visits to your website, that's all they care about. And that's, 
But Florida State has a lot of people uh, that uh, that subscribe to 247, uh, and that's why you see one wide, or one tight end that has two catches in his career ranked higher than a lot of other players that uh, that hold a lot of Power 5 offers. And then you see a kid that's from South Florida uh, commit on Saturday that nobody's ever heard of, and all of a sudden, you know, he has one Power 5 offer from Florida State. The other one is FIU, and that's obviously not Power 5. Only two offers this kid has, and he goes from unranked to the 800s. Like I said, you're not drawing a lot of attention until people found out. But, you know, for them, they're trying to sell subscriptions, man, and that's their business. That's let, me their give business. You, let me give you some information right here, Dan. I don't care what they add, put the people at. They ain't gonna make him a better football player. I don't care what. Fucking suit up, Phil. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That, that's care. what I mean, though. That's why it doesn't matter to them, bro. Right. Like, you know, numbers one through two forty-seven, they care about. After that, they don't care. They're just there to sell subscriptions because, yeah. at the end of the day, they can be like, "Up, oh, you know, this kid is just a lowly three-star. That doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna pan out, right?" They're not giving him four stars. They're not giving him five stars. You, you, once you catch that drift, man, you start to look at these rankings real differently. Yeah, it's all a game, but like I said, they could bump these rankings because they go to a certain school, but keep in mind, fellas, that do not make them a better football. They still whoever they was before they got that bump. They still they that are. Guy. They are who <laughs> thought they were. <laughs> That's it. I was in Florida State to keep getting these caliber of recruits, bro. Like, I don't care. If they got to keep making profiles with random random kids mm-hmm. nobody knows, let's keep that party going. Yeah, y'all keep giving them three stars. We'll take it. I mean, especially from South Florida, bro. He's like, he's, there, he's a... Uh, a sleeper. Yeah, he's a sleeper from South Florida. I'm like, bro, there's no such thing as a sleeper from South Florida. If you can walk, chew gum, and run in a straight line, you're going to get at least three stars from South Florida. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But we had... Uh, some transfer recruit, or transfer recruit on campus as well with Kelvin Joseph. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of buzz. He got internet popping on Saturday once he uh, shot some pictures. What's your feeling about that thing? I got a little bit of info, but I'm going to get you guys feel on it first. I know Florida thought his visit went well. I know he was there Friday and Saturday. Uh, I talked to a couple guys uh, during his visit, and they said it was going really well, uh, everything that they wanted. Um, you, know, you know, I saw him suited up in the orange pants, blue jersey, and, uh, and blue visor uh, on his helmet, which I think is a real clean look. But, uh, you know, if Florida thinks they look good, they've got a couple things that they're trying to work out. Uh, but I know that Kelvin wants to make a, a decision this week. Uh, so, you know, Florida can get him. I mean, he's a – I think he'd be a hell of an athlete if you only get him for a year. Oh, definitely. He's definitely a good uh, kind of fill in the gap for you. He probably most likely will start for us next year with with, with what we got leaving. And then, I mean, he he hasn't had a whole lot of off-the-field shenanigans. So, I mean, he probably gets you some security at safety. You, did you check him out? Did you see him at all this weekend, Black? Uh, I, I don't remember seeing him this weekend. Uh, I, I just saw the pictures. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I formally went and um, spoke with him. Um, but you know, I, I you know I, I checked his stats and you know, he, I mean, I looked at the last year's stats. He was all the way, he was to the bottom, I think, in tackles. Not sure how much he played last year or how much he he was able. That's to, why he leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he didn't play a ton last year. He um, he's a he's a guy that was a really highly ranked recruit, but has sat behind some really good players, uh, a couple players that have made it to the league, and a couple guys that were you know just a year a year older than him. So I think that he's looking for a, a way out, and you know maybe you know maybe a fresh start. You know this is what I think it does. I don't know if he'll necessarily come in and be a an All Pro or, or you know All SEC player and All American, and, and I don't think that that's what Florida needs. I think if you lose Henderson and Wilson, you know, after this year, which it's looking likely to lose both, you just have a gap 
uh, in talent, right? And, and then you're relying on some some true sophomores to step in or, or true freshmen. Uh, obviously, you have Trey Dean who could potentially slide back over. Um, but to add another guy in there with the loss of Chris Steele definitely helps, you know, minimize that loss, at least for a year, while you got Elam and uh, Kimbrough and Jaden Hill um, and then some of these freshmen that are going to be moving up in years too. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a good stopgap guy. You get him in there. I mean, I mean, probably give you two. It depends on how good good of a season he has. But he's mm-hmm. a good stopgap guy, bro. And, and Mullen's been good with getting these transfers. But as far as I know, they just trying to uh, dot some eyes and cross some T's, figure out some things on their end if they can get him in. If they can, uh, just looking like they're trying to make this happen. So we'll see about Wednesday. I think he's going to visit Texas, from what I was told. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody on the staff that he's going to go check out Texas for an, another option as well. But they think if they could figure out the details and, and yep. find print, they could get them. So we'll see what's up. Yeah, I know Floor's trying to get him before uh, before he goes to Texas. Not that I think that they're afraid to lose him, but, you know, I just I know that they're just trying to work through a, a, a few small things paperwork-wise. But uh, but it looks good, and I, and I think if Florida can take him, he's going to come to Florida. Hey, what, what bad look for us at all. So we'll, we'll nah. We're open on yeah. Absolutely, That's, especially if you got one from LSU. Uh, hey, Silk, we didn't talk about uh, Kamar Wilcoxon uh, coming back to to Florida either. Uh, he committed on Thursday, or uh, pardon me, on uh, on Saturday. Uh, good player, uh, top three hundred yep. player. Um, you know, four star uh, was committed to Florida for for about six months. Decommitted, uh, and mm-hmm. then um, you know was flirting with Georgia Tech for a little bit. Then came back, had the Chucky doll with him. Uh, so, what can you tell us about him? Uh, tall, rangy kid, six two, uh, lean. I think he's a, he could he could play press or off ball. Kids out of Georgia. I think he's a good kid for this class, man. He, um, he, he's real close friends with. with with Dexter and, and a lot of the kids in the 21 class as well with Del Rio. So he's one of those kids that can anchor down the class. He decommitted when all the shenanigans was going on with, with uh, Chris Steele, but, but he's right back in the class, man. So we can pull those guys that bounce from the 21 class and just keep this thing rolling, man. I, I, I'm glad that he's back in the class. I like him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, big time uncommitted prospects that we're visiting uh, this weekend. Uh, they had Isaiah Walker, uh, come in on Saturday, so or on Sunday after Friday Night Lights. Uh, he came in. He's a guy that's flirting with all the, the programs in the Big Three. Uh, originally committed to South Carolina, backed off that commitment uh, a week after he said he was a thousand percent committed to them. Um, I think he's going to take this one uh, probably the whole way, probably until at least late in the season or, or in an uh, early national signing day. Silk, you got anything on him? Yeah, I think Walker's going to play the game a little bit. He's turned into a little Davin Cook with this whole recruiting thing. Yeah. But if I could say, if, if, if it's coming down to the big three, I like us. You know what I'm saying? Especially if he's waiting till the end result to see how everything plays out. I just think we're going to have a better season and we got a better staff. I think we end up with, with, with Isaiah Walker right now. That's my opinion on him. Yeah, uh, they also had Marcus uh, Dumerville in, uh, big offensive tackle, uh, offensive guard from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas down in South Florida. Uh, he came in, uh, and I know that uh, Gerben Dexter's on him, uh, Jonathan Odom's on him to recruit, and I think I think all the guys are on him to try to uh, to try to get him to uh, to commit. He is nowhere near committing. Uh, I was able to sit down and chat with him for about five minutes after Friday Night Lights. Uh, he's just going through the process right now. He really liked Florida uh, for academic reasons uh, as well as the obviously the opportunity to play. He's a big John Hevesy fan. Uh, he's a big fan of um, of Coach Savage as well. So I think he likes a lot of what he's hearing in Florida. But like I said, he's nowhere near making a, a commitment. He said that he's a Under Armour um, 
All-American or a uh, National Signing Day uh, commitment. So I think it'll be a while before we hear uh, anything about him. And then they had uh, the big defense tackle, uh, Alabama commit Tim Smith, uh, that came in as well. Uh, and he, I think he worked out for the uh, for the staff as well, right, so? Absolutely. He worked out. Uh, he did the full thing, man. For a guy that's committed to Bama, not really looking for no offers, uh, he hung out, worked out, and had a great, great visit. So that's a big positive. We, we got to stay in his ear the whole cycle, man. Yeah, I know that uh, that Florida was maybe on on him coming, and then Friday morning uh, it was announced that he was going to come. And I think it's good, obviously, a, a guy that's committed to Alabama that, that committed, what, less than a month ago uh, that's coming onto your campus. That's a good sign for Florida. Obviously, that means that uh, that they trust um, you know their ability to can you know to continue to recruit him and possibly flip him. I know that Jonathan Odom and Gervin Dexter, um, especially Gervin Dexter, are on. Uh, you know, heavily recruiting both uh, are uh, they're both heavily recruiting uh, Tim Smith as well. Yeah, we so, need him in the D tackle room. I'm glad that we're not backing down when kids do commit to these big programs. He can't like fold because it's Bama or it's mm-hmm. Clemson. You got to keep recruiting these guys to the end, man. So let's just keep doing our thing. You know what I'm saying? Put a good product on the field, and we'll we'll see where the dominoes fall in December and then February. Absolutely, yeah. I don't. I like that they're not giving up on these guys. I know some previous coaching staffs. Uh, once they were, were looking at Alabama or Florida State at the time, or or uh, Clemson or some of these other big programs, you know, they were backing off and saying, all right, you know, they were surrendering that uh, that loss. And you know, Tim Smith's a perfect example of a guy that that committed, uh, and uh, they're still on him. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens there. We'll see how those dominoes fall, like you uh, like you said. So uh, a lot of big uh, 2021 guys on campus as well. We're not going to go over those guys uh, today. Uh, maybe we will in a future episode. But uh, a lot of talent was on campus, so we're, uh, we'll, we'll see where, where all of that shakes out. Uh, we also just started a, a Patreon account this weekend. So uh, we appreciate anybody that, uh, that can offer their support uh, to us. Uh, we set some levels up. Uh, we're going we're gonna to offer some stuff to each one of those levels. Uh, we're still working out some of those details when it comes to merchandise questions, uh, a you know, message board that, that we can work out, uh, an opportunity to come hang out with us or, or hop on uh, a live feed with us. So we're still working on all that. Uh, I know a couple of you guys have already uh, signed up to contribute monthly, and we're grateful uh, uh, for that. Uh, but you can check out our Patreon. It's on our Twitter account. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash stadium and Gale if you're interested. And if you have any suggestions as far as uh... – things you would like with the Patreon, hit up our DMs, we'll take suggestions, uh, whatever ideas you guys have, we're willing to rock with it, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let's hang out and make this slide big. Slide into the DMs. Slide into the Stadium Miguel DMs, not my personal <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but let's get into some camp talk, man. Uh, before we get to camp talk, let's chop it up with Chad Wilson, man. See what's going on. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. First time on Stadium and Gale, but a regular on the big three roll-up. We got my man, uh, Chad Wilson, the greatest Gator dad of all time. What's going on, Chad? Wow, greatest Gator dad of all time. Hey, man, I'm pleased to be on with you, Silk. What you got, like six, seven podcasts? You like a black <laughs> Merv Griffin or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he, I, I got I got two, but it feel like twenty. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, the about, volume, that's how loud I am out here right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you about, about to be Tyler Perry at a podcast? 
I like that. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, boy. Like, yeah, boy started, man. I like man. that. Mm-hmm. So, and once uh once I drop Junior off the Tad crib uh for this adoption, bro, everything will be better for me in a few years. <laughs> this guy, man, still with it. <laughs> so what's up, man? Right. Uh what you hearing what you hearing from uh Marco and the guys, how camp going? What you looking forward to? Man, Marco out there, on, he's out there on half a leg, man. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he'll be worth a damn on August 24th. I really think <laughs> they should go at him. Probably get some good five touchdowns off Marco, man. That's, that's the word on the street. That, that's, that's the game plan you got for your Hurricanes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go at, go at three. The only, and, the, only uh, problem, the only problem I got with that is how the hell they going to go at three. And the wide receivers can't <laughs> throw the ball to themselves. So oh, man. <laughs> you, you guys are brutal. But this is Stadium and Gale, so not big three. So I guess it's heavy, heavy, heavy Gator. Oh, that's uh, all Gator. Oh, yeah. Heavy Gator over here. <laughs> that's all we know over here. So No, listen, if you listen to both both sides, everyone's pleased with what's going on in camp. Everyone feels like they've got a winner. This It's that time of year, you know, at all levels. High school, everybody thinks. Uh, this is their year to go to states, college. Everyone thinks they've got a shot uh, at the at the college football playoffs. So, it, you know, to be expected, everything is positive uh, by and large out of Gainesville, and I'm seeing the same out of Coral Gables. So I'm just glad the two teams gotten together and they're going to do this. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, this, this is one of the most exciting times of the year. Uh, everybody, you know, getting back into football mode and, and ready to see their team this year. And you got, you know, you, you've been waiting for, you know, since last year to be able to talk your shit. And, you know, we finally can be able to talk our shit again, you know, so. Yeah, man. And so we can do away with top 10 lists or the best of lists or, you know, all those things. You know, yeah. All those things that, like, real football can, can, can get played and right. have something tangible to talk about. Right. Tad, what's the biggest difference? I, I, I got I got ridiculed a little bit. People say I'd be hyping Marco up because, you know what I'm saying, me and you cool. What's the difference in that game with Marco and uh, Hendo? Um, they both were very good corners, but what, what do you think the difference is in that game? You know, not much um, because of how much time they've spent together. Admit, You know, when, when CJ came in, he wasn't a defensive back in high school, so he was more raw. But, you know, obviously a ton of physical gifts, uh, tall, fast, and now has added strength and size to his game. So um, he definitely is is a specimen. Um, and, you know, Marco is very technically sound, um, really takes his technique seriously, um, and obviously physically gifted as well. I don't, I don't know that there's that much of a difference. Um, and that's why, you know, they're the best cornerback tandem in the country. They're both very good and they, they, their games mirror each other. And, you know, you guys have heard about what they do after practice. So, you know, on top of uh, just doing that, they probably spend an awful lot of time talking about it too. So um, by the carbon copy, those two guys. Hey, Chad, what was his uh, recovery like? And um, you know, does he feel stronger? Does he feel healthier? I mean, does he feel like the same player out there? Um, you know, after being being out for what six eight months? Yeah, well, he's uh, all sounds good to me. You know, he tells me he feels good, um, and that's what I'm hearing. So, you know, I I knew Marco would attack the rehab process uh, process with a hundred percent. 
You know, it's what he did in high school. So I knew he would do the same here. And, you know, along with his mindset, uh, these guys at Florida, you know, Paul Zavestri and the whole training staff are very, very good at uh, rehabbing this. Unfortunately, I think they've had uh, one ACL, at least one ACL a year for the last five or six years. So um, they're really good at this. And, um, you know, combination of Marco's will to get back out there and um, get back to where he was and, and their ability to be able to help him do that, I'm, you know, I'm very pleased with where he is right now. On the back end, um, safety at University of Florida, how do you think it panned out um, on the back end? Who do you think ends up starting? Who do you like? Uh, man, that's that's anyone's guess. It's kind of been a revolving door there the last couple of years. All of those guys can play. Um, and, you know, if you've heard Coach Grantham's press conference the other day, uh, he's really big on trying to find ways to get all his guys on the field. So, I don't think it even really matters much about who's going to start. I think all those guys are going to play, you know. Uh, um, you know, Lewis is going to play. Sean, Sean's going to play. Steiner's going to play, you know. So, um, you know, Brad Stewart's out, but, you know, he'll definitely um, get his reps back there. So, I think all all four of those guys are going to play. And plus, you've got some other guys biding for time, too. So, you're going to see a lot of guys playing in safety, I think. Hey, Chad, what have you heard uh, about the freshmen that are on campus? Anything about, you know, Kimbrough or, or Elam or, or Jaden Hill at all? Um, well, I saw Jaden during the summertime, I mean, during the spring, and he was doing rehab with Marco, and he looked to be coming along pretty good as well. Um, and I know anyone that gets a head start uh, in Savage's program is just going to be that much better off for it. I mean, what a blessing he's been. To, uh, to Florida's program. Uh, so, you know, he's he has that benefit. Uh, what I'm hearing about Elam is what I already knew. So, um, he looks like he's been on campus for a couple of years already. You know, he's built like a guy that's been in college football. He obviously has a pedigree between his father and his uncle. So, you know, I think if anything were to happen, uh, safe to say, I think he could get in there and, and hold his own much, the way, much in the way to Trey Dean was able to do it last year when called upon. So, um, you know, I don't know whether how much he played this year, but the future is bright at that position with Kimbrough and Hill and, and Elam. They got a good group of guys that, that came in with this class. So um, the future is bright at that cornerback position. And, and Chad, let me ask you a, a question. And, you know, it's a question that obviously, you know, the, the pictures kind of prove, but, um, you know, as a freshman, you know, Marco and, and this this staff or, 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 you know, his class were, uh, you know, working out under Mike Kent. Uh, and then obviously Savage came along uh, as he was entering his, you know, after, you know, uh, second semester freshman year and then going into his, his sophomore year. Um, you know, how, how much of a difference has he made uh, compared to, uh, to Kent? Uh, tremendous, you know, and on a personal level, I liked Coach Kent. I just didn't think that um, a, a good job was being done. Uh, you got to just call it for what it is. I wasn't happy with the strength and conditioning there, and I think that was a prevailing opinion for uh, for for many people, um, and and certainly the fan base. And that's been obviously accented by the fact that Savage has come in, and these guys look totally different. 
Um, he's brought a certain amount of energy to it, know-how, and these guys are not only are lifting weights, they are pumped up to do it. You know, sometimes you got to drag guys into the weight room, um, but these guys seem to be happy to go in there and, and attack the whole process and uh, see the changes in their body. And um, I think that strength and conditioning is, you know, probably one of the more underrated things in, in college football programs. You know, everyone wants to talk about what, who's the OC and who's the DC and what the head coach has done. But, you know, you're going to have a hard time operating, especially in the SEC, if you don't have adequate strength and conditioning. And I just remember going to that second uh, SEC championship game under Mac, mm-hmm. and getting there pregame. I, you know, it wasn't often I would get there early enough to see the full pregame. Uh, I just happened to be there uh, on time for that. And I looked at one side of the field and then I looked at the other side of the field mm-hmm. and I was a betting man and had no yeah. interest. Otherwise I'd have, I'd have phoned the bookie and said, Hey, this jumps <laughs> over. This, this is not happening today for, for, you know, the, the, the orange and, and blue. It's just not happening. Just Alabama looked so much more yep. put together and built. I mean, they couldn't tackle the punt returner. So that's a sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and it, to answer your question, he's yeah. made a tremendous difference. All right. So, Chad, question. What are the odds that we put, you know, I, I know, you know, we got great corners, we got great safeties. Uh, what are the odds that we put the best five on, or, you know, five on the field at, at one time, regardless of what position they play? What are the odds? Yeah. Um, like, do you well, think, that's, I think that's a possibility or? I'm, I'm not sure of the question. Would you would you be suggesting that maybe so someone someone so, so, like, like, yeah, so like put, now like put Trey Dean at safety, work him in at safety, um, move, you know, move some other guys around. Just you know, um, regardless of, of safety and, and corner, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can put a safety. I really at. think I, I really think they like Trey Dean at that star position. Um, and I know when people think of a nickel or a star, they're thinking. A shorter, more compact guy, maybe someone, right, um, right, right, you know, like Chauncey, uh-huh. or you know, a, a smaller type corner. But I think they like the fact that he has length in there. You know what I mean? Um, he can mm. be a force versus the run. You know, we all know that Trey's an aggressive player. He's long. He can get his hands on guys and reroute guys um, and and disturb routes. And then you know, having length. Kind of like in basketball, you can get into passing lanes and, and get your hands on balls that, um, you know, maybe someone shorter, more compact cannot get to. And so I think they feel confident in the safety. There's another year in the system. So I think if you leave Trey where, where he is and you got the two guys outside and, you know, you work out, you know, what you think is best at safety, I think at any given time, you've got the five best guys. It'd kind of be like how things were – you know, Quincy and, and Jalen's freshman years, they just kind of said whoever had the better practice would would play more. And I think that's probably what's going to happen at the safety position because all those guys can play. And I just think it just boils down to who seems more focused and um, ready week to week. Hey, so, you, Chad, obviously you went to, to Miami. Um, I know that you said that Miami feels confident. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you feel? I think, you know, listen, I don't know if it's just hyperbole. I, I don't know if it's Twitter talk and that's how, you know, you are 
you are uh, demanded to speak on Twitter, mm-hmm. I would just caution Florida fans from thinking that you're just going to walk out there and run through Miami and put up 40 and 50 points, as I've heard some fans say. You know, look at when it comes, there's a lot of pride. There's a lot, there's a lot of pride in this state. I know this. And we could have said this last year about Miami taking on whatever that was dressed in Florida State uniforms last year when they were coming down to play Miami. I, you know, part of me thought, man, this could get out of hand. But then it snapped back to me like there's a lot of pride. Um, and mm-hmm. so these guys are going to sit here and roll over. And look at how that game went. You know, Miami was lucky to come out of there with a win where, you know, to the common Joe that's not aware of how things are down here, you would have thought Miami would win by two or three touchdowns the way things were looking for Florida State. So um, you could very well see the same thing. On paper, you've got a more experienced quarterback. Um, you've got a more experienced head coach. You've got a ton of talent for Florida at wide receiver. You've got the cornerbacks. You've got all these weapons. And then, you know, Miami has some question marks at quarterback and at offensive line you're replacing two defensive tackles you're replacing a corner and some safety so on paper it looks like you should just run through this but you can't forget about the whole pride factor and uh guys playing a full 60 minutes so i think it's going to be yeah it's, uh yeah i, I think you, i think you, we're looking for a good football game there'll be a lot of pride. yeah i mean I, I i do i do think we're gonna beat them by two scores um I think it possibly we could get in the fours just like we did Florida State last year. If they don't come out and play four quarters of, of football and, and be into this this game the entire time and get away from them, I think we could score for it on them, just like we did Florida State. Even though it was a rivalry, I just mm-hmm. think, like, these guys are, are clicking on their, their second year, and if mm-hmm. Miami don't come out there on their A game, they, they don't have time to figure it out. It's it's You mm-hmm. got you to gotta be on your A game right away. So I think it could get ugly. And it could be close. I mean, like yeah, said, listen, a lot, lot of, of a lot of things can happen. I will draw right. I will draw this difference for you um, in the Florida State game in comparison to this game. That Florida State game happens at the end of the year, and by the time Florida State got to the end of the year last year, they were ready for the season to end. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm being no, nice well, in yeah. saying that. Yeah, they were like okay, this is a rivalry, mm-hmm. but. You know, we're a complete and total bleep show. And so it wouldn't take much for them to just be like, well, here we go again. This is what happened against Syracuse, what happened against uh, Clinton, <laughs> what happened against every everybody yeah. they played. So huh. I think it would be a little easier to lay down mm-hmm. at the end of the year where you got, you've built up a history over several games of just looking like crap, whereas, you know, it's brand new it's a, it's to kick off the season. And so I think there's a little more fight there. Yeah, I think my biggest thing is, is a couple things. I think, one, I think Florida has a, a coaching advantage that, uh, you know, I think that Manny Diaz is a fine defensive coordinator. I'm curious to see how he does as a head coach. Uh, I think it's interesting that he worked under Dan Mullen, um, you know, so I don't know what kind of wrinkles that gives Dan Mullen's ability to potentially expose him. Um, but I think that there's just a lot of question marks that are surrounding Miami right now, whether it's at the offensive line position or quarterback position, that I think Florida, they, they do have some question marks on the offensive line. But, you know, there's not as many position battles. So I think they're giving their mm-hmm. ones the ones 
you know, the twos, the twos, but they're not having to split out, you know, a lot of those reps and, you know, it being the second year in the program, I think that that's why you can see a difference. I think that Miami might be a situation where they get better as the season goes on rather than, mm. you know, being ready to play. And especially because you have a bunch of new coaches that are, are trying to come together and, and try to make it work. So, you know, I'm not saying that Florida necessarily blows them out of the water, but I also, you know, I guess being cocky here, I, I guess I could see it also. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm not naive. Um, to not realize that this is a, a first game for a brand new head coach, not not a head coach that's now a head coach somewhere else, which has its own challenges. This is a brand new head coach. Um, you're, you most likely you're you've got a brand new starting quarterback, and then it's gonna. I mean, I'm interested. One of the things I'm interested in is seeing how the crowd shakes out. But I'm 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 gonna estimate that this is gonna be a road game for Miami. Um, so. Um, those three things are tough in and of itself when you when you're starting off a season. So, you know, I know that part of it. So if they can, you know, if Miami can overcome those things, um, then you know we're looking at we're looking at a pretty good game and one that we could talk about for years to come. But if if those things become overwhelming, then yeah, it could go sideways. Nice. Yeah, we're curious. Hey, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask how uh, how Quincy was doing uh, uh, with uh, with camp starting. Doing well, man. Uh, this is uh, he's been kind of injured in in both of his training camps so far. So um, there's a chance for him to go into camp fairly healthy. You know, he had a little surgery on his thumb seven weeks ago, which you know that's just about healed. So um, he's running around, looking good, feeling good. They've taken so much weight off of him or he's done that himself um you know Quincy Quincy admitted this to me after after the season was over of course and he's getting ready for the draft um told me he had some games his senior year where he was 220 pounds it's not something he would ever tell me while he was in the middle of doing that but you know one of those things one of those things like you go and tell your parents hey you know let me tell you about what me and my brother did when we were kids so he told me he was 220 during the season and now he's uh hovers around between a 190 and 195 so he's a lot slimmer a lot leaner a lot less body fat and moving around well and feeling good you know i expect a lot of good things out of him this season building on last year all right Chad. we know we know you got a close game so let me get a score prediction out of you before we get you off oh man are you kidding me no such thing no you know what i used to remember i had to get on now, man, we would do a prediction show every Friday, and it was two teams I never touched. Now, my co-host, he could have a good time picking mine in Florida games, but I would never touch him. And now we got Florida playing Miami. No way, man. Right, yeah. so Chad, just pretend you're your co-host. Then. I was just about to say, so if you were your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> you're our co-host let me, right now, Chad. Let me get him on the phone. But by the way, <laughs> he and I have talked about it, and uh, he, you know, he feels it's, it's going to be a uh, – a convincing win for Florida. What color? What colors you wear? What colors you? Oh, wearing? that's that's a good one too. I, I might show up in all black or all white. I'm gonna check the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good answer. If yeah. we're in the if we're in the mid to low 80s, man, I might be in some all black. But hey, it gets above that. I'm looking like Yahweh Ben Yahweh out there, man. All right, man. Appreciate you for coming on. Swing by the tailgate, man. We're gonna be out there hanging out. We got a big. A big thing going on out there, man. So swing by, we'll take care of you. So, so I hear, man. I, you know, and I really get to, 
I rarely get the tailgates, but I think I'm gonna have to partake in one for this for this festivities that we've got going on. Yeah, man, Snell out there barbecuing and smoking stuff, man. So come check out some of them relationship ribs. <laughs> you know, I feel like there might be a couple of fights that might last on Twitter forever out there too. That's the feeling I get. Not at mine, bro. We got we got proper security for all them shenanigans, Chad. <laughs> Man, gotta have it, gotta have it on hand, and don't let them drink any of the liquor. <laughs> we can't control that part. Go wild. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's gonna be getting right, knocked man. out like Future's bodyguard. Hey, you got you got you got to walk you got walk light out here, Chad. <laughs> Man, appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with us, though. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Go Gators. Thanks for coming up. All right. Take it easy. I thought I was going to get a Go Gators back for Chad, bro. I ain't get it. He's close. He's close. All right, fellas. Let's get into some camp talk. We have uh, Chad Wilson come on, chop it up. Marco Wilson's dad. Uh, Real cool dude. I like his breakdown, how he thought the game could play out. But uh, some camp. I was at practice. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) <laughs> my bad, my bad. Yeah, leave all that shit. We got time. We had <laughs> that shit. My bad. I thought my uh, bless you. Uh, bless you, my. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was out at practice Saturday, so I got to see them guys run around a little bit. What you been hearing uh, on the on on the camp scene, Amat? Man, they, they're excited. Uh, I think the pads going tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna try to go over and check them out tomorrow, uh, just to get a close up, man. Uh, these guys are excited about ball. They're ready to come back and, um, you know, uh, show that last year wasn't a fluke. Everybody excited. And um, like I said, you know, the whole building is just high energy. Uh, we talked about Savage at the beginning of the show, man. But I think that's everybody. Uh, you know, he, but he's just the main man. And it trickles down from him. Everybody is hot, high energy, ready to go. Daniel son. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that's what I've uh... – that's what I heard too. There's there's not much uh, in the way of, of breaking news, which is probably pretty good because Florida doesn't really have any positions that they need uh, to break news on. Um, you know, Felipe Franks, I know you know has a lot of confidence. I know he's you know showing like a, a true leader right now, but everybody else is is looking good. And you know, knock on wood, right now there's been no uh, major injuries to report either. So they go. Uh, they've been in. They're in helmets the first couple practices. They were in shells the last couple, and then they put on full pads tomorrow. So uh, you know, assuming that they're going to be you know running at uh, at full speed, uh, you know, I know Dan Mullen said that uh, you know he feels comfortable with this team that. You know, everything's just running a little bit smoother, whether it's the playbook, whether it's the transitions, whether it's, you know, being where you need to be. Obviously, conditioning is a lot better. Strength's a lot better than it was at this point last year, too. So, uh, you know, I know the Dan Mullen's pretty proud of where they're at uh, four practices in. Yeah, it really, it really wasn't any surprises as far as who came out with the ones and twos. It, it's kind of the pecking order we all thought it would be. Um, Frank's looking like a leader out there. I, I've seen him practice before in the past, and he, goofed, he used to goof around a lot. Not getting a whole lot of goofing around from them. It's, it's, it's strictly business. But they look crisp, man. A lot of tempo. Them, everything they're doing, they're doing fast, man. So it, it was good to see, man. We got some rain on Saturday. So uh, Dan didn't bring them to the inside facility. He let them practice right, out, right outside in the rain. Uh, get used to those mm-hmm. different climates and whatnot. But even in the rain, those guys look they look crisp. Yeah, you know, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead now. 
No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think that that's important. You know, I, I obviously the indoor practice facility is nice uh, to have, you know, especially if it's lighting and everything else. But, uh, you know, the the good thing is, is that they're not just immediately moving everything into that, that indoor practice facility. Obviously, that would make things a lot easier. And, and obviously, um, you're not dealing with those conditions. But that's not what game day is like, you know, especially being in Florida or being in the south. You never know when you're going to get those uh, those rainy conditions. So practicing out there in the uh, in the rain, I'll take it. Yeah, and uh, keep in mind the, the 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 segment we get of practice is very short and limited, so we don't really get into uh, the playbook or a lot of the eleven on eleven stuff. It's a lot of shell work, so you gotta take like some of this with a grain of salt. Once these pads go on, we'll get an idea what the offensive line is like, um, what kind of blocking they're doing, and, and that nature. But just from what I've seen in the in the, the first forty five minutes of them going through practice, everything looked crisp. Yeah, uh, you know, Florida also got some uh, good news uh, late last week. Uh, I think it was on Friday when they announced that Noah Banks was actually going to uh, come back and join the team. Uh, that's a that's a big help on the offensive line. You know, Noah has some experience. He was dealing with some some issues regarding seizures uh, right before I think it was the bowl game. And so, uh, you know, Florida wasn't exactly sure where they were going to be with him, and they've uh, you know been working with him, and he's been working out with the uh, the training staff. You know, during the uh, during the off season, it looks like he's going to be uh, medically clear to be able to come back and join the team, which is a huge addition to a team that you know could desperately use some some experience on it. I tell y'all yeah. boys right now, uh, you know, we, we we mess around and get that offensive line squared away, it's gonna be hell. I'm let other teams know that right now. We're gonna click on defense, we're gonna we're gonna get all the moving pieces, you know, by say shit. Game three or four, we're gonna be moving, I'm telling you. Yeah, just so just a few guys too that like physically just impressed me seeing them guys because I got to see Savage do your little whole the whole amp up thing, man. You talking about a high energy guy. Well, she was talking about, but I got to see it, man. And it's just some, it's, he's an intense dude. But physically, some of the guys that, that like, Damian Pierce came jack, but you you still see a big difference in his body from year one and now. Like, he looks like an SEC back that's ready to, to cause some damage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie as a freshman, he wasn't even here for the whole program, but physically he looked like he, like he's Hendo size. You know what I'm saying? He's a big dude. So mm-hmm. physically, a lot of those guys – the freshman linemen, um, uh, Turin and, and and other the other uh, the other kids that came in, Ethan yeah, White, Ethan White, yep. Those dudes body transform fast, man. Well, they may not mentally be ready uh, mm-hmm. to 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 get, get the minutes they they may have to get, but physically they they look the part right now. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it looks like Ethan White might have lost about 60 pounds of weight in the last six months of him being on campus. He looks like a completely different dude. He looks like he's in, you know, in good shape. And, and like you said, you know, so he, we don't know where they're at menti- mentally or, or skill set wise, uh, you know, but Ethan White's biggest knock on him was his weight in high school, not, you know, his technique. You know, the kid was good offense alignment. So, you know, if he can maintain his strength, uh, you know, with obviously this decreased weight, you know, he, he could be a good player for the Gators down the road. But, you know, to see the transformation that he's had in just six months, I mean, that's when I'm just willing to give Savage whatever he wants for the rest of his career to stay in Florida. Yeah, just um, keep the caffeine high. Every, but everything everything about Savage is Mickey Marotti, man. And I see so many so many similarities with, with, with uh, you know, the way we, we trained back in the day and how these guys are training now. I mean, you know, like, like we say, no disrespect to Kent, man, but, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. But, you know, just 
He wasn't high energy like that, and that's that's the type of guy we need in the building. Hey, Black, I got a question for you about camp. Um, a lot of the freshmen usually they start off hot, and then eventually they hit a wall. Sometimes the vets do it too, or the, a team can hit a wall in camp where it gets a little exhausting and frustrating. Like, how do a guy like Nick Savage or the coaches get get you guys over that hump? Well, it's tough because you know these guys come in and not used to some of, some of the training that we do. Obviously, <clears throat> I don't think a, you know a lot of programs, high school programs, do train how, how uh, Florida does. But you know some some high school programs, you know, ha, have a, have a good training program. Uh, but you know, you just gotta you gotta get, let these guys understand that <clears throat> you know this this is what it's gonna take to to play week in and week out in the SEC. You see the type of caliber players we play. Um, you can look across the board. I know some of these guys got. Uh, teammates and friends at other schools and you see how they train in order to be able to compete we have to train that way you you know i i understand your slump and, and your your freshman wall but hey it's time to snap out of it because you know at, at the end of the day we had we had a school where we can't afford a freshman wall you know for too much you know from out of guys so uh you know we i mean guys do it, it, it it's it's almost a natural thing for for players to come in and hit that wall but it's all about how you overcome it Gotcha. Yeah, that's what's going to be interesting to see as far as our side. I want to see because I was out there and I seen some of the young guys running around. They look good. But, you, like, I've, I've been through that before. I went in JUCO, but, like, those camps are rough, man. It's it's a journey. So you can start off hot and then by mid-camp you're just in a slump, uh, getting beat a lot. Like, and mentally you got to kind of climb out of it and sometimes take a good play in camp or who who knows what it could be. But those, those guys are going to hit a wall. Um, I think Mullen kind of spoke on it, too, at his pressers and in that media day. He'll figure out what type of team this is in, in two weeks because I guess he kind of gauged this when he kind of hit that wall. So what we're going to see, man, um, right now they look good. And there's a lot of leadership out there on the field. And, and there's no – there's not a lot of uh, Chiefs. It's a couple Chiefs and, and it's a bunch, bunch of Indians, man. You, you can tell who the leaders are out there. Yeah, I mean, this is really the, the toughest part of uh... – you know, of the season, um, you know, be, I, I guess, be, and I say that all because, you know, they're playing more football now and, you know, they're about to get into some hard hitting football, you know, in a consistent basis. Right. So they're about to get hit every day or every other day for basically the next three weeks. So they're going to get a lot of injuries. They're going to have to spend a lot of time, you know, at the training table and they're going to spend a lot of time in those ice baths and they're going to spend a lot of time in recovery and, you know, they're going to need their sleep and they're going to need their, their nutrition. And this is where, you know, they see the men become boys, right? You know, this is that opportunity, you know, for them to really show out. But like you guys said, I mean, this is, this is a tough part because they don't have class going on right now or they're about to not have class going on. Uh, and they're about to be in those dog days of summer where it's real hot outside and they're hitting each other for you know two and a half hours and then they have to get up and do the exact same thing the next day you know add a workout in there and everything else it's it's about to be that that tough part of the uh the offseason yeah man well we got to get into some cornerback talk as well well we've been covering the position each and every week so it's kind of simple and straightforward with our cornerback talk i mean we, we know who the starters are we got chris henderson and marco wilson uh and at the start most likely is gonna be be uh trey dean uh, break down those guys' skill set, and we get into the depth behind those guys. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's amongst the most proven uh, groups in, in college football right now. You know, I, I think Marco Wilson has slept on a little bit because people don't realize how good he did as a, uh, as a freshman and then last season before that Kentucky game. Uh, you know, Marco Wilson is a hell of a hell of a quarterback. Um, obviously comes from a great pedigree, but, uh, you know, has great technique, you know, has added some size. Uh, looks like he's, he's running at full strength, and, and he's, like I said, a hell of a, a quarterback. And then you have, you know, C.J. Henderson, who's – you know, picking up all sorts of honors and watch list uh, recognition. And, and, you know, he had, you know, one of the lowest completion percentages last season in college football when the ball was thrown his way. And he also had amongst the lowest, um, you know, passes to his side of the field when he was on the field. So that means the teams last year, obviously, you know, trying to stay away from him. It'll be interesting when, you know, that other person that's lining up next to him or on the opposite side of the field of him is not a freshman in, in Trey Dean or, or McWilliams, but it's another cornerback who has the potential to be an All-American or certainly an All-SEC type player. Uh, so, that, I mean, from the, the top of the uh, – you know, to the top of the position, I mean, you have two of the most skilled uh, guys. You obviously have, you know, Trey Dean who can slide uh, into that cornerback role. You hope a guy like C.J. McWilliams with another offseason. I know he had a rough year last year, you know, but maybe, you know, with another offseason, another spring, and, you know, certainly, you know, some more technique, you know, he might be able to see improvement, and I would love to see that out of him. Uh, you add in those, uh, you know, those freshmen as well. You know, there is some real talent at that corner position. It's just going to yeah. be a matter of, you know, how they uh, they, they split those carry or they split those reps. But I mean, they they have a ton of talent. I mean, I just I can't find a weakness at that position right now. Yeah, like, like I said, well, we found out the Georgia game. You're only as good as you as you're too deep in this league. So um, I think if we are too deep is young, but it's definitely better than what it was last year. As you can see when like I watched the twos run out at camp. Uh, Kai is running out with the twos, uh, him and Jaden Hill. So the young guys are, are putting themselves high up on this depth chart real fast. So we got a different caliber guy on the outside. But while we're doing, we doing a little bit of DB talk, we got my man, um, got your boy coming on, Dan. Let's, let's, let's have him chop it up and tell us a little bit about the DBs and, and, and what we got going on in Florida and camp and whatnot. Absolutely. Let's bring on Richard Johnson of SB Nation. Let's try it out, man. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Rich, what's up, buddy? What's going on, y'all? What's up, buddy? Hanging out, man. What up? What up? Doing good. Good to get good, good to talk to y'all. How's the uh, how's the flat top? It's looking good, baby. You know how it is. Yeah. Come on now. I'm still, uh, oh, hey, the, the the higher the hair, the closer to God, right? You damn right. <laughs> so, Rich, what's been going on, man? Not much, man. I'm I'm ready to get up out this summer and into the season, man. I'll tell you that. I hear you, man. We we sitting there. We was talking about a uh, little DB talk. We talked. We've been covering the position every week. This week, DB talk. So, how you feel about our, our cornerback tandem and the depth and whatnot uh, taking us into this season? Look, I, Florida's got. <laughs> it, it's funny because I had this conversation it was a week or two ago. I think ESPN published this list of like DBU. Um, and, you know, Florida wasn't, like, the highest. I think they picked, like, Ohio State or something. Like, nah, man, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Like, it, it, it's, Florida's DB play right now is, I mean, it's it's one of the position groups 
along with defensive line, that I think you can reliably say Florida is going to have good play position every year, year in, year out. I mean, the position damn near coaches itself. Um, and, you know, they've rolled in, obviously, different defense coordinators, different uh, different defense back coaches, and, and it doesn't matter. They've been able to um, they've been able to recruit at a high level of the position, um, and they've been able to play at a high level of that position. And when you are in a place like Florida, which mm-hmm. uh, is, is not – lacking for talent at that position when you when you continue to roll dudes out every single year year in year out um and you have guys that can just play uh it's something that i think really uh makes a big impression on players in the state and you know we, we all know how important it is to recruit florida well but like you know the players that play well at at db at the university of florida like that is the position on the defense where i think like those players like go down in like lore, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you remember the key one, Ahmad, we're talking about people like yourself. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about the key ones. We're talking about, you know, the Lawrence Wrights, like back in the day, um, you know, we're talking about really impact players at the university of Florida in, you know, in the history of the school. Like obviously those players are usually on offense just because of the way Florida is. But if you're a DB, you could really make a mark. And, you know, I, I was in the swamp, uh, for the LSU game with that, that pick to, to steal the game at the end of the game. Like that is a play that a lot of us who have not heard that stadium that loud in a decade will not forget for a long, long time. Um, the duty is important, man. Hey, Richard, how does UF like DBs compare to the rest of the country? Well, I, I mean, it's, you're always going to have to contend with obviously, you know, the Georgia and Alabama, like, but I think, like, I obviously like LSU and the SEC, but, like, these guys, I think a lot of people kind of think that, you know, Florida's defense just kind of just goes. Like, it, it, it's the one thing that you, that you have been able to count on in mm-hmm. the last six, seven, eight years. Um, and so I think the reputation of the position nationally kind of precedes itself. Um, and I think that that is a big deal for that position. Um, you know, you guys had on uh, Trevor, my buddy Trevor Sikkim, a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, and he was talking about how, like, you know, th- those those players are so mouthy. You know, they're always, you know, talking junk and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, when you have a position like that that backs it up on the field, and and it's it's something that like a program can really hang their hat on. Um, it's it's important, and I think it rings bells. Like I think that there are other teams in the country that have, like a Michigan. Like we all know Michigan's defense is really really good. Uh, maybe not so much in the Peach Bowl, but we know that Michigan's defense <laughs> is really good. We know that they're fast, that they're aggressive. But what you think about when you think about Michigan's defense is you think about Don Brown. Like you think about the guy who is coaching the defense more so than you think of the players more often than not. Yeah. And I think yeah. at Florida, it's a little bit of a different story. I think at Florida, when you think about a defensive back, like you are thinking about the players there. You're not necessarily thinking about, you know, Muschamp or T-Rob or, or Grantham or whoever it is that's coaching the position group. You, you're thinking about the guys that you can remember that played that position at a high level. You know, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. Well, Richard, talk to us about, uh, about Florida's, you know, offense and how you think they're going to do this year. I mean, you, 
evaluate, you know, teams all over the country. Where do you think that Florida ranks? I think, you know, right now preseason they're kind of ranked around nine. Um, you know, does that seem about right to you? And, and do you think they go up from there, maybe down from there? Or do you think they stay about there? I, I think that – so, obviously, like, the, the Florida that we saw after the Georgia game, pretty much, is yeah. is the – is is I mean, I, I think we could all agree is as as high a level of play as the program has had probably since 2012. I mean, and that's probably a little bit generous. Yeah, I mean, probably even before that. I mean, if we're being honest, the 2012 team, like, snuck through a bunch of games just because they had that nasty defense, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like, it, I, I'll say this. The Florida that we saw the back half of the season last year was that as, was as balanced and as dynamic and could win games in multiple ways and could come from behind if they needed to uh, and could put their foot on the gas. Like, like obviously for the last eight, nine years, we've seen a university of Florida football team that can only win a game one way. This team in the back half of last season showed that it had multiple ways to win games at home on the road. Didn't matter Could win a game in different ways. And I think that that is important because that style of play um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that, Rich. I like that. Yeah, and so, so now, obviously, you know, I don't love making a big deal out of bowl games. I don't love it, but yeah. you cannot ignore what Florida did in that game to that team. Right. Um, especially, they, you know, they've they've had they've had shitty performances against Michigan in the last. Sure. Five, four or five years. There, there is no other way to put it. Even going back to that that crazy ass game in two thousand seven, like they have not played well against Michigan, um, and it's it's a small monkey to get off your back, but it is a monkey to get off your back to beat Michigan the way they did in a bowl game, um, mm-hmm. to beat Florida State the way they did in that game. Um, you know, it's some. I, I think a Florida team that gets better as the season goes on. That's something we haven't seen in a long time. Um, so these are all positives. There are a lot of positives uh, with the way that that team uh, finished strong. Obviously, you know, this, this schedule's got Miami up front, but then it doesn't it's, – it's not really a bunch of hitters until maybe the Auburn game. Mm-hmm. You can have some time to ease into the schedule a little bit besides Miami, obviously, which is a big game. Um, you know, you have some time to kind of ease into the schedule. You have some time to kind of work out some kinks um, besides the Miami game, who will test you, obviously – defensively up front of course um but it, it's it's you know i think i was watching dan's press conference today and he was like i didn't know what i was going to get out of the team the first part of the season you know no new coach really does um you never know what you're going to get out of the team in the beginning part of the season but to, to see the team grow into the season uh grow into kind of their roles and and their identity as a team and kind of build an identity as a team late into the season like a, a you know, a, a team that didn't have to deal with a ton of kind of backbreaking injuries and could, could kind of coalesce and build together and, and create an identity. Like, that is something that, as, as Florida goes into year two, is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, so. Hey, Rich, um, the offensive line is, is people have been kind of misstating and calling it a young bunch. I don't think it's a young bunch. I think it's inexperienced, but they're, most of them are older guys. How do you think this old line end up meshing uh, to start off game one against a good defensive front in Miami? 
has looked. You know, you're obviously you're you know you're replacing an NFL caliber player, um, which is never fun on the offensive line. Um, I think that my like I'm not going to sit here and say Miami won't test them. Like that Miami defense line is going to give Florida everything they can handle in that game. Um, I think that when you have you know when you talk to coaches, you know coaches are always like week one is a total crapshoot. Like it doesn't matter. If I've had, you know, the same guys for three, four years, you never know how guys are going to come out week one when the lights turn on. And that could be against North Texas or Degum UMass. Now you've got Miami in Orlando. It's going to be charged. You know, I, everybody, we've been building it up to this game for a couple of years, you know, and I know that this team has obviously uh, had its sights set on it for, you know, eight and a half months, however long it is. Um, they, I do not think – they're going to run over Miami. I think that they're going to have some, some kinks to work through. I think that they are going to face a pretty stiff test in that game. Um, you know, there are other things that are going to play in Florida's favor, but that is of the matchups in that game. Um, that, that is not the matchup that I think favors Florida uh, when you kind of break it down, like tail to tape wise. And, and why is that rich? I mean, is it, just because their defensive line is strong, or is it just because there's a lot of unproven pieces on on Florida's line? Yeah, I, I think it's when I when I look with week one, when I look into you know big games in week one, I think what are what are the known quantities? What do I what do I know about a team going into week one? And I I know about Miami that that defensive front is going to play really well. I just they're known factors they can play. Um, if I'm going to take one known out of those matchups. I'm going to say, all right, Miami's going to at least stand up strong up front on defense. I agree. I think both defensive lines are both like you, are two two points or two spots on both teams that you can pretty much bank on, both being solid up front. Um, that's why I think they, 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 the game is going to be won in the, in the trenches. And I just think that they got a true freshman playing offensive tackle. Um, our guys are just older guys kind of got to jail. They got young bodies, a guy that was playing uh, high school football a few months ago. They got to face Jabari Zuniga, who's probably a second, third-round draft pick right now. So I think they're going to have their hands full. I think that's a wash as for defensive lines because I think ours is going to be a problem for them as well. A question. So, you know, obviously uh, everybody knows Georgia's got the – the biggest must-win uh, for Florida this year. Besides the Georgia game, uh, what's another big game that we have to have, like a must-win this year? I really think you got to beat Auburn. Um, I think you got to beat Auburn at home, homecoming. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll be wearing a little something special. I don't know. The rumors are kind of flying around a little bit. Um, but I, I think you have to win that game. I think Auburn is, for Florida fans of a certain age, the Auburn game, I think, carries weight. Uh, you know, they're a team that had been on the schedule forever. Um, and then the SEC obviously realigned and, and things changed. But that, that game is special to a lot of people. Um, that game has weirdly tripped up this team in seasons past. Um, there are some, and I, I don't think this affects the actual players that are going to play in the game. But I think for the fan base, there are some demons to exercise where Auburn is concerned. Um, you know, I think you – obviously, you want to be Florida State. Obviously, you want to be Miami. Obviously, you know, the, the, the games that come up on the schedule all the time, 
those are games that you want to have for the bragging rights purposes. But I think because of the rarity of the occasion, which is Auburn coming to Gainesville, because of the way Auburn has frustrated Florida in the past, in the recent past, um, I think beating Auburn is really, really important. And, and yeah. Richard, where do you rank, you know, Florida in the SEC East? I mean, are they like, second, you think? Um, you know, does, does Kentucky, you know, does Tennessee, does South Carolina, do any of them, you know, potentially move into that spot? Where, where do you think the Florida ranks? Because right now it looks like whoever wins that, that game in Jacksonville is probably going to be your SEC winner. Yeah, I think it's just shaping up to be one of those years. Um, I think the Tennessee – I will say this. Tennessee finished a little bit stronger than I think people realize. Um, I I just don't know if they can parlay that into year two. Um, But Tennessee Tennessee did not fade down the stretch. Um, You know, they're coming on a little bit strong at the end. South Carolina's going to have a quarterback to deal with, obviously. I think Kentucky is going to take a pretty big step back into kind of what the, they maybe usually were. Um, I think Mark Stoops is a pretty good coach, but I, I look at all the experience that Kentucky is going to lose, and, you know, I don't really like that when I project forward on that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Florida, you can pretty reliably slot Florida in at, at number two in the SEC East, and I think feel pretty good about it, but understand that, um, you know, who knows what Tennessee comes out. Um, if Tennessee can kind of keep – a little bit of the tailwinds that they had last season, then, you know, Tennessee is going to be a little bit something to deal with, which I know is a little bit weird to say given the last 10 years. They did, years but football. didn't Tennessee lose to like Missouri and Vanderbilt to end the, the season? Like, didn't they get absolutely smoked by Yeah, Missouri? I know. It was a little suspect. And, and Vanderbilt? I mean, I know but that they beat was, Kentucky, but. There was a middle portion of the game right around the Kentucky game where I think you saw what Jeremy Pruitt, a little bit of what Jeremy Pruitt was trying to do. I think you saw a little bit of proof of content. That team was not great last year. And I can sit here and say it was. Mm. But I think you saw the proof of concept in year one, which you saw with Florida. Now, Florida won 10 games, so it's a different story. But I think you, you're looking for proof of concept with a new coach in year one. And Tennessee showed a little bit of that. I'll take your word for it, Bill. Hey, Rich. What's up, bro? Not much, man. You got a hot seat. You got to get a top, a top three hot seat in college football uh, for coaches. What's, what's your um hot seat? So the hot seat guys that I look at, um, obviously Clay Helton. Uh, I have my opinion about what should have happened to Clay Helton at the end of the last season. Um, if I was Lynn Swan, I would have gotten rid of him. I don't think the trajectory of USC's program is strong right now, and I, I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. Um, you know, a, an, an elite running back just left the state of California 20 minutes ago, and he didn't have USC in his top four. That's absurd. It's mm-hmm. absolutely absurd. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to play. Uh, USC is, is, a, is a school to look for. Um, another school to look for, I think personally, is Auburn if they don't get off to a fast start. Um, I think that Florida game might also be interesting given it's at the beginning of October. Like, Florida may be able to put a nail in Gus Malzahn's coffin if Auburn is looking particularly shaky. Um, you know, there was some consternation about Gus Malzahn's job last season. Um, I know that, you know, th- there were some people at Auburn that were not happy. Um, and so Auburn 
is another place where um, I think a job, a job change might could happen. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's a little early to do the Florida State thing right now. Um, you know, I don't know about that. Um, I you know they can't sure. afford to buy him out, Rich. Say again? I said we all know that they can't afford to buy him out right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if they got enough to pass the hat around right now. Um, but yeah, like those are two those are two spots that I think become kind of like seismic changes. You know, we didn't really have a lot of big seismic changes last season, um, and I think we could be in line for that this season if those two jobs end up having some pretty big movement. Um, I think an, an in-state thing to watch um i think i think and i know that everybody on this podcast really thinks very highly of charlie strong but i worry about what's going to happen there as well at usf um i worry if usf is not able to uh come out of the gate strong you know they play wisconsin week one you know if they go down there get absolutely embarrassed you know if you if ucf is still playing very well um you know what happens there um i know that he a little bit fell out of favor uh, last season. But, you know, Sterling Gilbert's gone off into coordinator. They got a new offensive scheme in. Um, Blake Barnett played pretty well last season for them. So I, I think that USF, that there is reason for a little bit of optimism around that program. Um, but if things go south, that could be another name to look for, unfortunately. I got you. Hey, Rich, before we get you uh... – before uh, we get you off, what is the uh, what's your your prediction for the Florida Miami game? Sorry, say it one more time, Dan. What's your prediction for the Florida Miami game? Uh, I think Florida wins the game. I, I don't know how. I don't know how Miami's going to consistently put up points in that game. Um, I think that's a game where Florida can put up like twenty-seven or thirty. Um, I, I think Florida can score thirty points in that game. And I think I don't I don't think Miami scores 20 points in that game. Um, I think Florida wins in a fashion that it's it's a pretty solid week one win. Um, I don't think Florida wins that game by 50, but I think uh, a 30 to 14 (laughs) would would sound pretty good to a lot of people. I can see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see it. Hey, Richard, tell everybody where they can uh, where they can find you. I can find me on Twitter. RJ underscore rights. we, you know, I'm, I'm with SB Nation College Football right now, but uh, later this week we are going to have an announcement about uh, some pretty special stuff Uh-oh. that we have upcoming. So pay attention to SB Nation College Football if you like the sport at a national level. We got a lot of Florida guys on staff. We got a Florida State guy on staff. Uh-huh. For listening to this podcast, if you want to go at Bud Elliott, he can take a little jab on Twitter um, every now and then. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Hey, you know, Bud and I, Bung and I hung out at the uh, the Garth Brooks concert right before the Garth Brooks concert. It reminded me of uh, the time the, the three of us and uh, and Della Torre uh, were at that IMG 7 on 7 event, um, you know, all day. And we went out and grabbed some drinks, had a real fun time with Bud. Bud's a cool cat. So um, that's good stuff, man. I see you guys constantly uh, teasing a football website dot com and all your accounts. So I'm uh I'm expecting some good stuff from you. And, uh, hey, let my boy John Boyce know I said what's up. He doesn't know who I am, but uh, he's good people. Uh, well, absolutely. <laughs> Y'all be easy, and uh, we get some football soon enough, man. Hey, I All appreciate ready, it, Rich. Hey, uh, we'll, we'll get you back on, and I uh, appreciate you hanging out tonight. Thanks for hanging Thanks, out. Guys. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> you got it, buddy.
I think I had the largest you pause it, of my buddy. life. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Yeah, you got it, there, buddy. <laughs> well, I feel like he, well, I feel like he pointed when he said it too. <laughs> he, slapped, he slapped his knee. Hey guys, uh, speaking of Miami, I actually have Manny Navarro, who covers the boys down south. Uh, let's bring him in and see what he's gonna say. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And next joining us on Stadium and Gale is Manny Navarro from The Athletic. Manny, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Uh, how are things looking down there in, uh, down in Miami? Well, I mean, we've had four days of practice so far. And, um, you know, obviously all eyes are on the quarterback. Everybody wants to know what's happening with that position. But um, before we get to that, I think, you know, you've seen some guys that have really taken a step up at some important positions for Miami. Uh, obviously, defensive tackle, I think, was was a big one for them after losing a guy like Gerald Willis, who was a second-team All-American. I think John Ford has really come in, and, and he's kind of looked at as the guy at that spot, uh, replacing uh, Willis. And I think he's had a good camp so far in the two open practices we've been able to see. Um, I think you look at the safety spot where you got to replace Jaquan Johnson and Sheldrick Redwine. Um you know, everybody's looked to Amari Carter and Gervin Hall to be those guys that have kind of been groomed in the past year to be their replacements. Um, but I think some other guys have really stepped up. I think uh, Derek Smith, um, he's a kid who's kind of sat around for two years in the secondary, hasn't really done a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He's had a really good camp. He's been one of my surprises. Uh, I think he, he looks really good. And, you know, I think overall right now the defense, they, they certainly look a step faster than the offense, but that's sort of kind of expected uh, in the beginning of camp. And, and what's slowing down the offense? Is it, um, you know, quarterback? Is it offensive line? Is it a, a new system? Uh, what What is exactly slowing down the uh, the offense right now? Well, I mean, part of it is uh, the new system. I will say I think they look faster than they did in the spring. But I, I just think talent-wise, you can, you're, you're putting a bunch of young guys out there on that offensive line. Zion Nelson is, you know, a kid who just got here in January. He's running with the ones that left tackle. Um, he's put on 45 pounds in a few months, uh, and, and you're throwing him out there to the wolves. Um, you know, obviously you got Navon Donaldson and DJ Scape, two starters mm-hmm. back, and they're kind of both in, you know, uh, most of the guard spot uh, with Corey Gaynor, who's, who's more experienced. But I think right now what you're seeing is just guys that are that are getting into the backfield whenever they do the 11 on 11 work. Uh, guys are getting in the backfield, being disruptive. And I think all of that is just, you know, cohesion and time. You, you need time to sort of uh, get guys in their spots. And, and the quarterbacks, I think, are feeling a lot of pressure. You, you, Tate Martell mm-hmm. today was taken off running quite a bit. So I, I think right now, early on, and it's expected. It's kind of the way it always goes in college football. Mm-hmm. The defense is always a step faster in the beginning. But Miami's got some talented players on the offensive line. I think, you know, you got to give Butch Berry credit. They looked really, really, really bad this spring. I think right now they're just getting their butts whipped by a better defense. Yeah. Uh, what? So, so talk to us, you know, about the quarterback position. I mean, it, you have, you know, kind of a three-headed monster there, and it, and it doesn't seem like anybody has yet uh, taken the reins. It seems like, you know, Tate, you know, was taking uh, first-team reps in the first practice, and then I know a couple practices later he was taking third-team reps. Is that just by design, or is it just they're they're really struggling on on picking a quarterback out of out of Williams, uh, Perry, and, and uh, Martell? 
No, I think right now, I mean, they're just trying to get guys snaps. They're trying to see mm-hmm. what these guys honestly have. I think it's more of an evaluation of we're going to rotate guys. We're going to give them looks with the first team. We'll give them looks with the second team. We're going to give them looks with the third team. But more importantly, we're going to get them snaps. Manny's been, Manny Diaz has been running simultaneous sort of offenses on separate fields uh, at times. And so you'll see uh, Nikosi Perry and Jaron Williams go with the one and twos one minute, and Tate will be on the other field with the scout team, and then they'll rotate. Mm. It's just it's just about getting as much film early on in practice, trying to get these guys as many snaps as possible so that uh, once the pads come on tomorrow and, and these guys start playing in scrimmages, you've got enough film to make an educated decision. I got you. And is, who who do you think is, is the leader in the clubhouse right now at the quarterback position? Well, at, at times, I, I, I mean, personally, I feel like Nikosi Perry is the best guy for the job right now. And, and the only reason I say that is because He's a guy, if you look at the other two, he's a guy who's actually done something for you on the field. And you, you think about opening up against a team like Florida, who, who is, you know, was a top 10 team a year ago. They're still going to be very good defensively. Um, I, I look at the challenge and I say to myself, I'd rather have a guy who's really been in the fire. Uh, Nikosi won the Florida State game for you uh, with some big throws in the fourth quarter. Um, and he also to me, looked really, really good against, uh, you know, obviously a beat-up Virginia Tech team, but that's never an easy trip for Miami to go into Blacksburg and win. So he's got a little bit more of a track record. And I think when you look at the throws that are being made, he's he's better at getting the deep ball where it needs to go right now than I think Jaron Williams and Tate Martell. He can throw the ball outside the numbers. He can, uh, you know, just, just make – he's got the stronger arm and, and the more experience. And I think those two factors alone is why I'd start him against Florida. That said, Danny Enos has been working with these guys. He's seen a lot more of them than I have. And, and I'm sure, uh, you know, he's going to make a, a smart decision. I thought he did a heck of a job last year at Alabama. If you had to uh, pick your starting safety for, for uh, Miami, who would you have right now for the starting safeties? Well, today I'll tell you, uh, Gervin Hall and Amari Carter are actually running with the second team. And I think maybe part of that are, you know, coaching mental games where you want to send a message to the guys that are running with the ones that, hey, you got to, you know, step your level of play up. But Derek Smith's really impressed me. He's had multiple turnovers in, in the first few practices. I saw him step in front of a pass and pick off Tate Martell, uh, myself, during one of the open periods. And um, he's, he's, he looks really fast, really around the ball. Um, you know, he's a junior. Um, I don't know if you know who you pair him up with. If you pick Amari Carter or Gervin Hall, I haven't had a chance to really, um, you know, see uh, enough of, of, of what those guys have done. I'd love to see the film and see what they're doing, um, play to play to play. But I think the little that I have seen, um, I think Amari Carter is probably a step ahead of Gervin right now. So I'd probably pair Derek Smith and, and, and Gervin Hall together and say, okay, guys, you guys go out there starting against Florida. But I'd still play Gervin Hall a whole lot. I think right now um, it's a good thing to have, you know, early in camp. Obviously, the, the cream of the crop will separate themselves in the scrimmages. But I think right now, at least if you're a Miami fan, you're encouraged because Derek Smith's now giving you something to think about at that position where I think early on it was a slam dunk. Amari Carter and Gervin Hall were the guys. Okay, cool. You know, no, 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 nose missing him. So I don't know how I feel about that right now, but I'll take it. <laughs> How's my man uh, Nesta doing at defensive tackle? Uh, is he is he a little dinged up right now? 
Yeah, you know, I didn't see him uh, out there today uh, creating havoc like he did the first couple of days. So I don't know what what exactly it is that he's uh, dealing with. But, uh, you know, it's part of those early uh, bumps and bruises in camps and, and part, of the, part of the deal. Uh, you know, Nesta's a guy that obviously you look at the town, he was a big-time recruit in, in the state of Florida, a guy who produced a whole lot in high school. Um but I think at the same time, he's a sophomore, you know, and, and, and back in the day when, when teams at Miami were at their best, you know, sophomores were still guys that were just part of the rotation. They didn't, they didn't have to be counted on heavily. So I, I think the perfect role for Nessa Severa on this team is to be the guy who comes in and maybe rotates with Pat Bethel at that second defensive tackle spot. I think, you, you, you know, you want to kind of bring him along slowly. You don't want to give him too much. Uh, even in his second year, because you want the kid to develop the right way. You don't want him to get hurt. You don't want anything to happen to him because I think he's a super talent uh, and a guy who could really develop into one of the best in the country at his position. So um, I think Nesta, uh, you know, the, the the one concern with him always is his attitude, right? And and he plays with so much fire on the field. At times last season, uh, you could see him kind of jawing a little bit. You always worry about that 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty with him. And it's nothing because he's you don't like that fire. I think it's just you worry about it because you know he plays with so much heart and passion. So, uh, But I, I think Miami's got a lot of depth around him. Um, I think he's the number three defensive tackle right now behind those first two guys. And I think uh, when he comes back and he's healthy and ready to roll. He's going to, he's going to create some havoc this season for the Hurricanes. Okay, cool. You got my, uh, the dude Nelson that's playing offensive tackle is your left tackle. Yeah. What, what do you think Enos is going to do to say offset the pass rush? Cause he's facing either, either Jabari, Zuniga, or my man Greener that came in from Louisville. He two veteran guys that's going to cause some havoc regardless if you're a freshman or a senior, but he's a freshman. What do you think Enos is going to do to offset that? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You got to keep a, a running back uh, like a DJ Dallas uh, back there to, to, you know, the chip, the, the pass rushers, and to give the quarterback a little bit more time. I think, uh, you know, early on, as I mentioned at the start of the segment, you know, the defensive line is 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 beating those guys early. You see, it, you see it even from the inside. You know, uh, some of the film that I was going over today that I shot, John Ford and uh, Bethel and those guys are being disruptive even up the middle. So. I think, uh, you know, we may see quite a bit of the shotgun in the, in the first game. We may see, uh, you know, running back, sometimes two tight ends set. Somebody just to, to constantly be on, on the edge and blocking those pass rush quarterbacks at the time to get the ball off. And as Manny gave, uh, gave you guys a time frame on when he plans to cut it down as far as uh, the number of uh, number one snaps. Yeah, he really wants that. Yeah, he really wants to shut it down, I think, right after the second scrimmage, which, uh, you know, I, I think the first scrimmage is this coming weekend. They haven't officially, you know, told us what, what day it'll be yet. But, um, you know, usually the way things have worked in the past, you know, one scrimmage per week here in fall camp. And so he wants to shut it down after the second scrimmage, pick a starter, and give that guy the majority of the reps. Now, somebody asked him today, uh, is there a chance you could go with co-starters? And it's obviously an interesting storyline because, it's been well docu- documented that Jaron Williams, um, you know, who's, who's a very highly touted recruit from Miami, was considering transferring uh, before the bowl game last year. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, and from talking to a couple of people uh, around the team and guys around those quarterbacks in particular, that 
there could be Manny could make a decision uh, along with Danny, you know, some name co-starters so that maybe you, you don't have one of these kids want to get up and transfer and leave the program. Uh, and because maybe they, you know, really can't make up their minds who the starting quarterback is. But Manny was asked about it today. And uh, he said, you know, as, as long as uh, football, <laughs> uh, there's only one football on the field, there's, there should only be one starting quarterback. So that's what he said. But you never know what he's going to actually do. And, and, and maybe the way uh, Dan Enos could utilize the quarterback position, maybe he sets up, a, you know, um, some packages for a guy like Martell, who, who's obviously run the football a whole lot in his career. Maybe he, you know, promises to get a guy in for a certain amount of snaps a game. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do politically because you don't you don't want to lose quarterbacks nowadays. And I don't think right now anybody's clearly um, separated themselves. So I think it's it remains a possibility we could have co-starting quarterbacks. Hey, Danny, uh, it's Ahmad. Hey, uh, you know, besides Jeff Thomas and Osborne, who else do you think could be a threat at wide receiver? Wow. Well, obviously, Osborne and, and Thomas, but to me, the, yeah, they're hands down the best. The guy who, who I think I've been really impressed with at that position since the spring has been Mark Pope. Um, you know, he's a guy who came in uh, pretty highly touted. I think I think rivals gave him a five star at one point, and and you know, he was a kid that last year caught one ball, and everybody's like, man, what what happened to Mark Pope? Right? He's a stud. You know, he's really had to learn the offense. Um, and, and really learn how to play the position because he was a guy who just ran deep routes in high school. He didn't do much else, and um, I think he's got it now. You, you watch Mark Pope uh, run through his routes. You watch him, the way he, he catches the ball easily. Um, to me, he's really stood out. Uh, even though he's run mostly with the second team, he's really stood out as far as having made a huge jump at that position. But the guy who's, who's running with the first team right now is the third receiver, is D. Wiggins. And he got a lot of run last year. Now, the issue with D is, is he always going to come up with the ball? He's a heck of a run blocker, um, but he's dropped quite a bit of passes. One moment you'll see him come up with a nice grab. The next moment it'll go off his hands, and you're you're wondering what's going on. So I think right now I would say Osborne and Thomas are clearly uh, steps ahead of everybody else, like giant steps ahead of everybody else. But I think Mark Pope is coming. I think D. Wiggins is going to get a lot of run because of what he can do as far as blocking. Um, and, you know, you got Brian Hightower, who, who is coming back from, from surgery over the summer as well. Um, and, and he's a guy who we saw against LSU last year as a true freshman. He caught a touchdown pass in that game. So he's somebody that's always sort of on the radar. And, and I think Mike Harley, as far as slot receivers, uh, I think he's got a really, really good connection Um with Nikosi Perry, and I think part of that, I think, you know, certainly if Nikosi starts, I think you'll see a lot of Mike Harley because those guys are just on the same page. Uh, so th- that's what I would tell you about the receiver position right now. Also, um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, early spring, you get nicks and, and bumps and bruises, right? Um, mm-hmm. Talk about talk about that, and, and, and I heard uh, Jeff Thomas got a little bump and bruise today at practice. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you know, that. Yeah, well, here's what I'll say about that. Um, every guy who had off-season surgery or was dealing with, um, you know, sort of coming back from that was taken off to the side today at different points. And I think a lot of that is just precautionary. You know, Jeff is a guy who, um, you know, he, I saw him when he walked over to the trainer's table. Everybody, of course, has their eyes glued on him because he's he's the guy that really stretches the field for this offense. And so you worry, okay, what's wrong with him? I thought a lot of this was precautionary. I thought a lot of this was Jeff 
sort of, you know, hey, I'm coming back from surgery. I'm not going to push myself hard, you know, here in the early part of camp. And maybe that's something Manny Diaz talked to him about. Hey, you know, be careful with the knee. Be careful um, because we, we need you August 24th. Um, and I'd say that was the same thing for the other guys. Gregory Rousseau went through a lot of the drills and, and stuff, but yet, you know, he, he at the end of practice ended it sort of running sprints in front of the eyes of the trainers. Um, you know, uh, their, their punter, Lewis Headley, uh, you know, he was dealing with something uh, when he when he signed with Miami in terms of like hamstring and uh, you know he was the same thing he he wasn't in the heat of it so I think a lot of this before you know fans and people jump to conclusions and say somebody really hurt and, and the panic button goes off um, rely on us the, the guys who are out there on a regular basis to maybe calm your nerves because I think you know I've been around this program a long time you can tell when a guy is hurt and you can tell when a guy is simply, you know, being sort of protected. And I think right now, Jeff, uh, Lewis Hadley, um, you know, all the guys that are, that are sort of coming off surgery and, and, you know, working their way back into game shape, I think they're being brought along at, at a cautionary rate so that so that they don't get hurt and they're available August 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe this is, Dan, again, one last question. And, and because you are out there and a lot of the um, – a lot of the videos of, of the quarterbacks throwing the ball that make it on the timeline, at least to our side, or a lot of overthrows or hitting, you know, contraptions that are meant to simulate the offensive line um, and underthrows. Is that happening often, or is that just kind of what's getting retweeted out there and the quarterbacks are, you know, probably further along than maybe it seems like on the internet? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of a difficult question to answer because, honestly, we're not in the huddle. We don't know what Dan Enos is asking them to do. Obviously, we're all out there with our cameras, and everybody wants, you know, to shoot these these guys. They want to shoot video. They want to shoot pictures. They want to, they want to be able to provide content. So the, the problem always becomes how do you provide context? And, and Dan Enos, you know, we ask him the questions, where are the quarterbacks? How are they improving? Where have you seen the improvement? And, you know, we, we've all written the stories about what he said Saturday night. The quarterbacks themselves spoke today about it. So, you know, I, I tend to believe that the coaches feel like strides were made. The, the issue is, you know, are they ready for August 24th? Are they going to come out and, and perform at the kind of level that's going to make Miami competitive in, in, in that game? And, and that's a question that can only be answered once the bullets start to fly. I mean, I think I, from watching what I saw in the spring, tape, I, I'll go quarterback by quarterback. Tate Martell couldn't throw a spiral and he couldn't hit a receiver 15 to 20 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. I've seen him do that a lot more since fall camp started. Jaron Williams still looked like, you know, he had spent too much time, uh, I don't know, eating uh, things that he shouldn't be eating in the spring. <laughs> I think you look at him now and he's – Let's just say cupcakes. Hey, yeah, let's just say cupcakes. Like, to me, he, he is fit. Like, he is a, a guy who you look at, you're like, wow, that, that little gut he had is gone now. Like, he's really taking care of himself and his body and he, his footwork looks better to me and he's, and he's throwing good balls. Uh, Nikosi, I think, you know, you talk about he made the honor roll, um, you know, this past uh, school year. Like, after everything he went through with the video and, and getting himself in trouble, um, you know, off the field and everything, I, I think you, you've seen more maturity from him. Um, so I, I think, you know, Enos has done a good job sort of prepping these guys. But I think we're all looking for answers, right? We all want to know who's the guy, you know, that's going to sign up, line up against Florida 
and, and deliver? And, and it's just, it's a really hard question to answer. And I think once we get a chance to go through a couple of these scrimmages, um, the, you know, it, the guy is going to emerge. And, mm-hmm. and so to answer your question in a long roundabout way, I think they've all improved. But I think that guy still hasn't stepped out of the shadows, you know, either in front of us or in front of the coaches. And I think they're waiting for that guy to really show up. I got you. And then uh, one one final question. What's uh, your prediction for that uh, August 24th game? Well, I mean, obviously the Gators are favored for a reason. They, they, they're in year two of, of Dan Mullen's rebuild. And so I think you have to give them the edge because of that. I think you got a starting quarterback in Felipe Franks who's, who's going into his third year. you got – a bunch of receivers that are really experienced um, and, and ha- have played quite a bit and are very talented. It's probably the best set of receivers that they've had at Florida in a while. Um, and, and they're going to be going up against some young guys in Miami secondary. Outside of, you know, Al Blades, DJ Ivy, and Trajan Bandy, you get to that fourth cornerback, and it's going to be a guy who really has not played at all yet at the college level. And I think Florida's, you know, four or five deep at that receiver position where they got legitimate guys who can make plays. So, uh, you know, I, I'm picking Florida to win the opener. I just think it's really hard to expect um, a guy like Dan Enos to come in and work his magic immediately. There's going to be bumps and bruises. I think uh, Miami's defensive line is really uh, what can win the game for them against Florida. Florida's got a, a young offensive line, obviously, or at least in terms of ex- playing experience. Um, they got only one starter back. So I think you, you look at, you know, guys like John Ford, John Garvin, Greg Rousseau, you, you say to yourself, Miami can have some success getting in the backfield and making some plays, but, and especially the linebacker spot, you got, some, you know, Shaq Cordham and Pinkney, all those guys returning at the linebacker spot. I think in the front seven, uh, Miami's going to line up well against Florida. The, the issue to me is how does the quarterback play? Do they, can they score enough points on this Florida defense? Um, and, and so right now I, I'd pick, I'd, I'd pick the Gators to win 27 to 19. I already made my prediction on the athletic uh, when, when I broke, did the breakdown with Will Salmon, we spent about two days really looking at stuff in this matchup. So I think, you know, the, the line, usually Vegas is right. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I, I would pick the Gators by a touchdown to win this game. Awesome. Well, Manny, we appreciate you coming on and, uh, and we'll have you on a little bit closer to the game or after the game. And we appreciate your time this evening and, uh, and we'll talk soon. Good, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Manny. Appreciate it. Hey, All right, thanks, guys. Manny. Take care. Manny Navarro, the athletic. Sounds like we're gonna beat the shit out of these people, fellas. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I'm, the the reason I asked him this question is because literally every video that I've watched, except for maybe five of their quarterbacks, it's either underthrown, overthrown, or like I said, is is hitting contraptions that are made to uh, simulate the offensive line. So I don't know. You know, I, I saw that Tate Martell was was quick to run. I think they're going to start Tate Martell because they have to, uh, but ain't looking pretty right now. Ain't looking pretty right now. So, yeah, I saw I saw one play. Uh, I got tweeted it, and I mean they completely let the defensive end come free, like Scott's free. The tackle just dove down inside and and, and uh, blocked down and just totally left the, the end free. Oh, so, um, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> let's do some more camp talk. I want to uh, get my man. Uh, Florida Gator safety, Randy Russell on here and chop it up about some things going on on campus and see what he up to. Y'all down? Yay. I love Russ, man. One of my favorite guys. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
first time on the show, we got a fan favorite uh, safety at the University of Florida, Randy Russell. Randy, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on and hanging out, man. It's, for the uh, it's an honor. No, nah, I'm just saying, man, it's an honor, man. We, you know, we we uh we rave about you, you know, a lot of time on, on a few of our shows, man. So you know, just it's an honor to have you on the show, man, and hang out with us. Nah, for sure, man. Now, for the average fan that don't know um, why you're not playing right now, uh, break down what's going on with your health and, and, and what you're doing these days at University of Florida. Um, so when I first got on campus, um, you know, they found out you know, I had like, this um, heart condition that you know, I was basically born with, but you know it never really affected me in no way. Um, so I basically had like, a large heart. So that's something I've just been battling with since I got on campus. Um, He's been going good with the daughter, though. I just, um, hopefully, it might be something that's just there because, you know, it doesn't affect me, though. So, you know, I work out every day. I train every day. So, you know, I feel like it's something that's just there. So, you know, just working, trying to return, you know, one of these years. So, so there is a possibility of you uh, playing football again. Hey, with God, as always, bro. Absolutely. I like I like that energy, man. Um, I met you during the recruiting process. Um. I, I, it was brief. I spoke to you and your mom side the IPF and kind of kept it moving. And okay, and I always, always, always uh, liked your energy. Uh, you always stay positive through this whole thing. So it's a lot to deal with for a young man. Uh, what are you doing around the team? I see you're still around the team, around the players. So what's your role with the team, and what are you doing around campus? Um, just trying to deliver to everything, though. Um, just been just diving into my faith and. And I feel like, you know, God, he doesn't want me just, you know, just solely in football, though. So I'm just trying, just trying to do, like, a lot of different things, though. Um, I'm studying health science, though, so I'm on a pre-med track, you know, become a doctor. Um, I've been, you know, shadowing the um, the shadowing the athletic director. You know, we're trying to, um, you know, I've been getting kind of close with him. And just within the football team, though, um, just trying to just always get, in with the, always get in there with the guys. You know, we always get workouts in. I'm always there. Just, um, just, trying, to just, just trying to get whatever input I can. You know, whatever I see that, you know, can help guys on the field, though, I'm always going to help them out. So, you know, just a little thing like that, though. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's still hard being around the practices and everything like that. Gotcha. And do you still travel with the team for the away games? Um, Yeah, certain games, certain games. And what um, vibe are you getting from the team? What type of um, – are those guys focused? They dialed in? Uh, what what type? Of, I know you from Miami, so I know you a little excited about the game, even though you can't play. But what's the vibe from um Hindo and everybody around there? I mean, the chemistry is definitely good. Um, like that's one of the you know the main things that um you know that I wanted you know different from last year. You know, that's one, that's something I wanted from the team, and you know we all rallied together and we came through. Um, and I thought that's important though, because you know you know you know, you know the man next to you. You know, you know everything about them. You know, it's gonna make you wanna go as hard, you know, more harder for them. So, you know, I feel like you know during the summer, during the offseason, you know, we we definitely grew as a team, and you know, that's gonna take us a long way. Hey, ready? This is uh, this is Dan. Uh, you were committed uh, to Miami at one point, and uh, you know, I know you you came over to to, to Florida, um, you know, after Friday Night Lights. But but talk to us a little bit about you know kind of how the, what this game means to you. I mean, it's the first time Florida and Miami have played in a while, but what does this game mean to you? And are, are you going to be there? Are you going to be on the sidelines? Or Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I'll be there. Um, uh, Cameron, uh, Cam Harris, um, he actually called me the other day. 
and out of the blue, you know, like we were just chopping it up and then he was just like, you know, like he got a little emotional. He was like, dang, bro, like we talked about this game for like two, three years, man. And, you know, it was just crazy because you know, I was committed to Miami at first with him and then you know, right. I flipped to, to Florida and then, you know, like ever since, ever since high school we were together, he was always talking about the game, like, well, we're going to beat y'all, we're going to beat y'all. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of excitement for the game. You know, I, learned, I know a lot of guys on the team, you know, a lot of them, you know, I played with, um, I probably helped recruit it to get them to Miami. So, you know, it's going to be fun, though. You know, a lot of mixed emotions. You know, it's going to be emotional, too, but, you know, it's definitely going to be a fun game. Though. I can't wait. Yeah, and then obviously you committed to, uh, you know, Jim McElwain and his staff when he was here. And then when uh, when Dan Mullen come on, came on board, you know, he, you obviously, you know, inked up with him and, and decided to continue to stick around with Florida. You know, what is Dan Mullen kind of keeping you around the, the program? And he, he's kept a couple of you guys, you know, James Robinson, who had some health issues, and Nick Smith, who had some uh, health issues as well. You know, what what has that meant to you? And um you know, talk to us a little bit about uh, about that and, and Dan Mullen kind of keeping you guys around the team when uh, when, you, when you guys aren't playing. Um, I mean, I'm grateful, though, because, you know, I know for one, though, college is it's a big business. And, you know, like a lot of schools, you know, all about making their money. That a lot of these coaches are, you know, about feeding their families, you know, which, you know as they should. But, you know, Coach Mullen goes above and beyond for us guys. And, and I really appreciate him for that. And we didn't have to keep none of us on the team because, you know, not you know we're not playing right now, but you know we grew in our relationship over the past you know year or two, and you know he just gave me the free will just do whatever I want. You know, always checks in, you know, make sure I'm make sure I'm good. So you know I'm you know I'm very grateful for him. That's awesome. Hey, talk to us about uh, about Nick Savage. You know, we talked to us about his workouts and you know what's that like for you? And are you able to to practice with the team and everything else? Or work out with the team? Um, yeah, but, you know, I prefer to, you know, to get the one-on-one workouts. Um, yeah. so like once I got diagnosed, I was, um, I couldn't work out for like a good five, six months. Cause it was like so many tests they were going through and everything. Yeah. Just trying to see what was up. And then you know, after those five, six months, I ended up getting clear. So like I lost so much weight. I didn't have my, I didn't have my muscles no more. I didn't have a six pack no more. So, you know, I've been uh, working out one-on-one with, you know, one of the strict conditioning coaches, me and Coach Tyrone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, since then, um, you know, I like it. You know, you know I'd rather work, you know, the one-on-one and, I feel like I get more out of it. But Coach Savage, man, um, you know, he's a lot. He's a lot of the program, bro. Like, anybody can be having a good day. They see Coach Savage. Always your energy, man. Like, he'll lift, he'll lift anybody up. So, you know, that's what I like about him, man. He's going to bring the energy. He's going to bring – he's going to respect a lot of you, but, you know, he's going to bring the energy. He's going to keep you up. And, uh, most important thing, he cares, though. Like, every single every single person on the team, you could be the starter, the best player on the team. You could be uh, a walk-on that you only get a couple reps in practice. You know, he cares about you. He always going to check in and see how you're doing no matter who you are. And that's what I, that's what I was telling my wife, man, is just, uh, you know, the importance of having uh, a strength coach that's able to control the team, that's that's over the team, that's, that's uh, you know, you can, can step in as a head coach when the head coach is not not there. Um, you know, uh, Savage is, is, is a big deal on, on Florida's campus. Um, and we, we, we commend the things that he do and, and continue to do for the team. Hey, Russ, um, what would you tell an aspiring kid who's who's looking to play D1? Like, what advice would you Man, looking back, man, I'll just tell them just just to be humble, and uh, just just don't you know. It should never get to the point where you worship in the game. You, know, you should, you know, get everything you need to get out of the game. You know, use the game, you know, use the platform you have. But you know, don't worship the game, man. Just you know, always always maintain the grade, stay humble, and and, and work hard. And then don't worry about all the outside noise. Don't worry about stars, none of that. Just work hard. Just work hard. So what? what oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Black. Go ahead. I thought you was done for a second. You paused. Uh, go ahead. Nah. No, you're good. So, so what, you know, uh, for people who don't know, uh, you know just, just give us a little inside, a little inside look on, on what would be the most surprising uh, position group this year uh, for the Gators. Like, who, who, who do um, the best? Most surprising? Because I feel like everybody knows, you know, receivers like that. Yeah, most yeah. surprising? Uh, probably linebackers. Uh, I feel like a lot of people feel like, you know, we don't have the depth or, or whatever the case may be, but, you know, a lot of the guys got better this summer. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of guys going to shock. You know, shock. They see both left and, you know, some guys can't play. But still got guys. Like, you still got guys that are you know, able to fill in the void. So, we know we're going to be really good. Now, uh, you're going to be coming to the game, you hanging out with the players, uh, or are you going to be tailgating and whatnot? You know, I'm doing everything, man. I'm trying to enjoy it, man, because, you know, hopefully it's a chance next year where I get back and I won't be able to do the same thing, man. So, I'm, you know, I'm doing everything. Everything man, like come, I always do. Yeah, man, come hang out, man. But other than that, man, what what is your plans for your future? What, what What's uh, Randy uh, Russell's future is like 10 years from now? Uh, ten years from now, um, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Now, what I can do, you know, I can't control what I'm doing right now. Though I'm just trying to be, you know, the best version of me. So, you know, trying to maintain. You know, I have a three point three point six. Um, you know, I apply for my. Uh, you know, I apply for. Um, you know, my health science major this year. I apply for. Uh, so the goal is, you know, possibly you know med school in a couple of years. Um, just try to keep everything consistent. You know, I'm still gonna be training. Um. So try to keep everything consistent. Try to stay on top of everything. You know, but as far as the future, you know, I don't know. But you know, I just know I can control what I can control right now. So. Hey, Randy, you talked a little bit about you know still potentially looking at the opportunity to play. What is it? What does that look like? Or or what? I mean, if you can talk about it, what potential hurdles um, are stopping you from from potentially getting on the field? Or what do you have to overcome or prove to get to get uh, potentially cleared? Um, ultimately, I feel like it's just something that's on my doctor. Um, me personally, you know, I never experienced anything that, you know, I may feel like, well, maybe they're right. You know, I just feel like it's just something, you know, that's just there because I was born with it and I've been playing football since I was four. So I feel like, you know, you know where I'm from, I'm from Miami. So, you know, like we work, we work, we work hard. Like that's, that's probably like, you know, it's tough playing out there. So I feel like it doesn't get no worse than, you know, what I've already been through, if you get me. And we talk about on this show, um, we, we've done several episodes, we're fairly new, but we talked about it on this show before um, how some of these kids really don't know the value of, of themselves. And once football is over, they kind of go off that the deep end or, or, or kind of lose focus of the big picture, just getting a degree. So it's dope, man. I applaud you, man, for being a, a role model and a, and a spokesperson and a blueprint for kids that do have health issues or football just don't work out. Man, you know it's crazy though. Um, you know, like a lot of people ask me, you know, like, like do I, like, do I regret or you know X Y Z? But you know, if I could do it all over, I probably, you know, I, I probably wouldn't change anything though. Um, you know, I learned more about myself than I ever did. You know, before, you know, I found out about you know the diagnosis and everything, and I feel like I grew more like as a man, and you know, like I feel like I wouldn't have that. You know, I wouldn't have been the same person I am now if I was, you know, I was still playing or whatever the case may be. But you know, I'm definitely glad. Hey man, we we definitely we definitely applaud you, man, uh, for the for the things you do in the community. Uh, you know, you have no idea 
what that does to a to a, a young kid who who sometimes doesn't see an out or or doesn't feel like he, he can make it, man. You 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 definitely showing that it's, you can you can still make it and still be successful even though you can't play ball or or you uh you know you, you you're not able to go to the NFL. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Man, we appreciate you for coming on, dog. And as you see, bro, we cheering for you, dog. Even if you ain't carrying that rock, bro, we cheering you, for you regardless, baby. You one, you one of my favorite players I ever seen on film, too, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you. You talking about violence, hey, man. man. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, real talk. You know it's crazy though, but before all my games, bro, I used to watch. I used to watch you, Kiki, and uh, and uh, um, um, and Maze, and Maze, bro, before my games, bro, all my games. That's why, bro. You was in probably like 11th grade, bro. I remember showing my little brother. I was like, bro, dude hit so hard, dog. Mm-hmm. Balance, balance. <laughs> bro, bro just hit so hard. Like, but yeah, man, you know, keep your head up, man. And if you, you, you got any, any problems or, you know, you just want to talk event, man, I'm, I'm sure me, Dan, or, or, or Silk, man, is oh, we all ready. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all boys having me on, for real. So, man. Right, man. Hold it down, man. We're going to link up. Yes, sir. Much love. Already. Appreciate it. Fan favorite, Randy Russell, man. Um, I love I got, I love the kid, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find good energy with, with people that's pure, man. He's he's just a, a a really good kid, and mm-hmm. he's handling he's handling that situation better than I think I would at that age. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean the kid the kid grew up real fast, right? I mean you you have the one thing, you know, kind of that one constant that he's had in his life. And I got to know Randy a bit uh, when he was being recruited by Florida. Saw him play a couple games. Saw him uh, play that IMG uh, Carroll City game um, to to start his senior year, and just to get to know him. Uh, but to have that ripped away, and then to you know, to have the, the mindset that he has right now and the focus that he has on other things, you know, and still working on chasing his dream, you know, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he had to grow up real quick. Something was ripped from him, and he's handling it like a, like a true champion, man. He's a, he's a good kid. I, I like him a lot. I'm rooting for him, whatever he wants to do. So let's transition into some shenanigans, man. I mean, we don't got some content out on these streets, but let's mm-hmm. uh, talk about the weekend, man. We hung out big. I actually did. I actually did get married on Friday, so. And then t- and tell everybody where you were on Friday afternoon. <laughs> Look, all right, you talking about trouble. Hey, right. I'm gonna tell. Hey, he threw you in the. He, he uh he ran you in the ditch too, bro. I'm I did. You. Hey, and I, I backed you up. I, you know, I, just, I kept I kept running that uh, that train right over you. Yeah, we uh, after you left Ahmad, so to to paint the picture for everybody that wasn't there, uh, Ahmad Silk and I, uh, you know, a bunch of other people hung out at Friday Night Live. Um, Friday Night Lights, pardon me. Uh, Friday night, but the three of us were hanging out, uh, hanging out heavy. Ahmad uh, had gotten married about seven hours earlier and uh, was was hanging out, um, you know, uh, with us instead of with his wife uh, right before. So anyway, so uh, so Ahmad went home, and uh, after Friday Night Lights was over, uh, Silk and myself we went up and we're talking to Rita Anthony and Larry Scott, a few of the other guys, and uh, and uh, Redell was like. Where's Ahmad? I'm like, oh man, he just left. He got married today. And Redell was like, what? I was like, yeah, he got married. He had to go home and see his wife. He's like, he's like, what happened? He uh, he got married. He uh, he got in the car. His wife threw him out the second he was done. <laughs> he said, did, did he let the car stop? 
We the hell are we talking that shit, man? That's, that's, that's one person I, I, I love to shoot the shit with, man. We got oh, the shit over the weekend. Oh, man, he had a but dime it, over there, it, bro. It didn't stop there. He told Larry Scott. He told Peter. Uh, did, uh, not, yeah, uh, he told Hennessy. Did he just kept going up and down the line telling every single yeah, coach? Billy G. Yeah, Billy yeah, G. Billy was G. Oh line. yeah, he stopped Billy G. Billy G. was on his way running across, um, right across the field to work out a kid, and he stopped. He's like, "Hey, Billy, you heard of Molly got married today?" <laughs> Billy just like everybody else was like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he just hey, ran you in the ditch, bro. <laughs> bro so, bro, Reed is a trip, man. He, he a whole character. Bro, you had me dying laughing. But, hey, Amon, I'm sorry. you. I know you got married. Congratulations, my brother. That's a beautiful thing, dog. Appreciate it, dog. I appreciate it, man. But uh, we hung out, man. We said, I told myself, because my wife had a toothache anyway, so I said, I'm going to go drop the kids off and the wife to the hotel. I told her, I said, I'm not going to hang out late. I'm going to have a couple of drinks. I'll be right back in an hour or two, something like that. Just going to kick it a little bit. Bro, we go in there. We had social first. Um, started with some drinks and shots. So I got a text from my man, Jackson Raymond. He was like, yo, I'm over at Salty Dog. Y'all come over here and hang out. When I walked in Salty, I had that feeling. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it was the country music vibes. That's what it was. I don't know if it was that dead. <laughs> uh, did, did Dan know some of the music in the country music, bro? He knew everything going on in that piece, bro. Dan was in his zone. Yeah, I dude, I'm not every single person in that bar, but Silk and maybe two other guys knew every word to every song, if you know what I'm saying. From that statement, I know what type of crowd it was, all right? Hey, dude, Silk's a local celebrity, though, bro. He had probably <laughs> 10 guys come up to him, wanting to take pictures, wanting to hang out, uh, talking about how big of a fan they are. I mean, you could tell that thing, that's Silk's element, bro. Hey, I was it was my element, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was... The music, like I'm not, I'm not out of my element because the music's yeah. different. You know what I'm saying? I'm, a, I'm a, I wrote, I go with the vibes. So the mm-hmm. vibes, right? The energy's good. I'm chilling. Yeah. Um, I accidentally started bopping my head in there. I was like, oh, oh I yeah. caught myself. Like, God, yeah, the like, stuff fast, yeah. Huh? But it, it, it'd be a little bit of the vices, man. You got enough vices, and everything sounds good, bro. Dude, we hung out heavy. We we closed the bar down. Actually, we stayed until after the bar got shut down. We hung out with uh, with Jay, who who's the uh, the manager, I guess, of uh, of Salty Dog. But we we hung out heavy. Hey, I was not anticipating that, bro. I was up at like six in the morning. I worked all day, drove up. Um, hey, but that's what Gainesville do, does to you, you know? Hey, Salty Dog don't owe me nothing. You hear me? Anytime I was been up, bro. <laughs> salty Dog. <laughs> Anytime I ever left that place, I love. Shit face, so they don't owe me nothing. I appreciate Salty Dog. You know what I appreciate is that I could buy five drinks for like the the people in our group, and it was like eleven dollars. <laughs> I, I tipped the bartender like nine bucks on that because I'm like, oh, well, that would have been like fifty bucks here in Tampa. So here you go, bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you already know. Hey, but um, we left about six drinks on the table. That's how many like they was bringing us drinks all night, bro. Like. People buying us drinks. Yeah, we appreciate we appreciate Gator Nation. Hey, if you bought us a drink, just assume we drank it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, hey, there's just people pointing at to our table and just like you're around for those guys. It's like it's like 115. There's like five drinks in front of us, and people are still drinking, bringing them over. Silk's done. I'm done. Everybody else is just kind of hanging out and vibing with what's there, and then all of a sudden, like 
Jackson walks up with like five like water moccasin or something yeah. shots. I'm like, Jackson, what are you doing, bro? Hey, shout out to Paul. Paul drinks like a fish, man. He was guzzling beer, dog, like they, like they was fucking Kool-Aid. So shout out to him, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> man. Paul shout was the first Andy. one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, shout out to Jay. Shout out to yeah. Hey, shout out to Connor, man. Hey, Connor got a uh, got a job today with Inside the Gators. I, I, I shot him a message and said, hey, bro, you didn't tell us about the new job on Friday because uh, drinks should have been on you. But big shout out to Connor. Uh, we had a good group that showed up. And then we probably had, like I said, probably 10, 12 people that re- walked up, recognized us. Uh, so we appreciate the love out there in, uh, in Gainesville. Hello. So funny story, right? So I had Mr. One Bit with me, all right, Lil' Kane, and I had – I had a sequel with me. I had, I had Silk son with me. So we walk in and, you know, everybody like, oh my, you know, my, you know, whatever. And uh, we walk walking in the, through the tunnel, going to the locker room. And I hear somebody say, yo, my. And I'm like, I turn and look. And I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? Man said, hey, where's Silk and Dan at? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is that? I don't know, bro. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I'm at a dude. Like, what's Silk and Dan at? And I'm like, damn. So people really do know my boy Dan shit. Hey, we out here, bro. So this is a whole band. And the people are requesting these tailgates, man. So we got to get these tailgates busy in games. Like, this fall. I mean, I want to sign some autographs out there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out there and post it up, man. I'm gonna we're going to do our own thing out there. We're going we're we're to we're figure something out for you guys, man. Fun show. Oh, dang, got the music. Yeah, got the oh. music. Hey, um, shout out. Uh, I know we were talking about this in the DMs, but shout out to the uh, GoFundMe for Neuron Ball. Uh, yeah. That started, I think, yesterday. Um and it started off a little slow. I uh, got a couple of retweets, and now uh, they had a goal of raising fifty thousand dollars. And in like twenty-four hours, they've already raised fifty-four thousand eight hundred fifty-three dollars, bro. Um, they've had over a thousand people donate, uh, and they've had some big, uh, big former Gators um, donate too. So it's a it's a brotherhood. It's a love. You know, we hope that this money goes to helping Neuron, man. It's a tough situation that he's in. We talked about him in an article that we read a couple of uh, weeks ago uh, about him and his care. So we hope that this helps him and, and, you know, puts, you know, allows him to get, you know, the best care possible and, and helps his family and, and allows them to be at peace. Um, but man, Absolutely. shout out to Gator Nation, baby. And shout out to maybe all blessings and, and, and prayers to, to Neuron Ball and the Ball family, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, this time, everybody, like, if you couldn't donate money, donate some faith and, and put put the run ball in your prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That don't that don't cost no money. So uh, we, we we're praying for you, Niran. Uh, Niran, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, uh, it's just a very unfortunate situation for him. We're praying for you, bro. Always. Yeah. But shout out to the Gator Nation, man. Like I said, I always say, man, there's no support like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you put out some content or, or whatever you need from the Gator Nation, man. They rocking with you. You good. You good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I saw that uh, Chaz Green, Keanu Neal, Max Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Watkins, a, a bunch of Jonathan Bullard, a bunch of guys, Alex Anzalone, just going through the list right now. It's a who's who of, of folks, Justin Tratto and gosh, just going through the list. It, it's it's great to see these guys, you know, stick together and support each other after uh you know, crisis that happens, and, and I know that that family's tight, and, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, this this helps them uh, get the best care possible for them. So uh, prayers up to, uh, to Niran Ball.
Absolutely. And shout out to Gator Kicks, man. Um, I'll be forgetting to plug them on some episodes. So shout out to Gator Kicks. Hey, I'll support them boys. Not, they got not for real. Hey, Gator Kicks, hey. Shout out to them boys. For real. I see they I see they got spikes a pair, man. So they did. Yeah, they, shout yeah. out. Shout out. Y'all y'all cool. boys do y'all thing. Uh if y'all need some custom kicks or, or you know, want anything y'all see on Twitter that we be posting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gator yeah. Kicks. They told me that they're working on some loafers for me, so I know you got some, some cowboy boots. You got cowboy boots? I do. I got two pair. Two pair. <laughs> yeah, I got a pair of uh, just regular black ones, and I got a pair of ostrich skin ones from my grandpa. So, Man, so what, uh, like, you, you they pass them down? Out, so like, yeah, I passed them down when he passed away. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, dude. They're, oh, yeah, they're real. They're, they're, they're clean. They're from... I think that the early late seventies, early eighties, and they're in immaculate shape. Oh yeah, I'll, my, I'll rock man, my some mom, cowboy boots. My grandfather died. My mom took all my grandfather Stacy Adams to the Goodwill, bro. I wish I should have got them joints, bro. Oh man, they're, they're them in beautiful. the family, you know. When what I'm them can't go hats or something, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 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 so stupid. <laughs> Dad, what contrast song you got for us? Oh uh, man, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up a little bit for. Uh oh. For everybody, so uh, we got a, a new album that dropped, and you'll be surprised to know that I listen to every single song on it. So we're gonna go uh, "Gold Roses" by Rick Ross off of Port of Miami too. Uh, all right, then. <laughs> Look at who, who is this guy? <laughs> who are you right now? Uh, what, what, hey, what, man, man of the people. Hey, you never said I can't appreciate good music. Hey, you know I. You guys just assumed that, that that's all I listen to. We're going to hold mm. down with some Rick Ross. Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and right up, I can. Yeah. I'm home now. It's over now. She got a thing for Chanel Vintage that drop before she can speak English. Do you love me and love seeking attention? I mean, which one is it? You keep calling me a twin, but twins ain't this different. Mentally, I'm already on next year. That's some 2020 clear vision. You saying let you finish. I ain't trying to hear it. I'm off of spiritual lifting, but I don't fly spirit. I'm off of finding happiness, but down to die serious. All smiles, Kevin Durant trials. Had to blow it on a court, I must have blew a milli. I'm walking on all charges, that's my new Achilles. I know they love to rock the check, but who gon' do it really? Really. My depositions never surface. Tenenbaum know the logo on the jersey is getting purchased. Ten years in and y'all yet to hear my most impressive verses. Paid the cost to be the boss, wasn't even my most expensive purchase. Trust when I say I'm never on the shit they assuming I'm on. Tales about me are like Corritos and Coolia Khan. Sashimi from Saito, you know that man, two Michelin star. Postcard from Grace Bay, sending my distant regards. Vision wasn't mine, told my niggas the vision was ours. Still a part of shorty, even if we've been living apart. Rocks will do you filthy for me soon as I give him the nod. Meaning he'll blast for me like putting a six with the guard. 
Hop on the float and show the city the one they appointed. The one that's rebuilding schools and feeding the homeless. Hang with my niggas, but sometimes I be trying to avoid it. Cause they'll get to popping out of place like they double jointed. Goals was the top of the pyramid in this shitty world. I gotta get the most of everything as the axis on which it's sitting twirls. Point blank period like a city girl. And then I'll bring it back to 50 world. Hey. Whoa. You made me this way, yeah. Before I'm gone out of this place, yeah. Put some flowers in my face, won't you? Let me know that I did okay, yeah. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They let her wait till it's too late. It's different. Too late. Yo. Hey. I was nominated, never won a Grammy. But I understand, they'll never understand me. A lot of lives lost, but I never panicked. A lot of lines crossed, I never did a zany. A hundred room mansion, but I felt abandoned. Love making love, but where would love land me? Jealous, so they bitches be acting like they sleeping on us. But they speaking on the Zulus, quarters, even numbers. Still blowing smoke as angels float above us. Love giving back, but will they ever love us? Chanel in the mail, FedEx for Pharrell. And what I got for sale, just sit on the scale. Triple beam dream, a buck on the shades. I really seen things give mothers the shakes. I really bought cars with women on face. I know it seem all, but money amazing. College loans really the fuckable credit. Discover cars, look back, I know she regret it. But we keep pushing, keep our foot on the pedal. In the mirror, she a blessing, rebuking the devil. Living on the edge, she keeping me level. Money come and go, I'ma keep it forever. Money come and go, I'ma keep it forever. Slip on glass slippers, a ticket with feathers. Everywhere we go, we create a dilemma. Coming to America, really the set. I let your soul glow, I'm keeping you wet. All my cold Decembers, I know she remembers. Forgiveness for a sinner, but is it that simple? Holding on your hands, your body's a temple. Fly you out the cans, menages with bitches. Lobsters in the prime, start you with spinach. Bottles for the dawn, our party's the biggest. Biggest, biggest, biggest. Maybach music. Maybach music. Hey. Whoa. You made me this way, yeah. Before I'm gone out of this place, yeah. Put some flowers in my face, won't you? Let me know that I did okay, yeah. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They let her wait till it's too late, too late. Hey. Had a dream she was singing to me like Gladys Knight. True love in the projects, it's called paradise All your niggas left, you wasn't acting right But honesty itself a small sacrifice My money bag heavy, got me begging light You moving funny, can you feel my appetite? Niggas' conversations, a lot of it false You own condos right over Carnegie Hall Speak about your cars, but all of them park Your niggas' money light, come out of the dark You really are my type, it's not a facade one of the reasons why I write, we got a synopsis I'm always at the top of barbershop gossip After further thought, better not knock em. Allocate some dollars to go out shopping Bitch, we on the rail, it's time to stop talking Hey, whoa You made me this way, yeah Before I'm gone out of this place, yeah Put some flowers in my face, won't you? Let me know that I did okay. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They let her wait till it's too late, too late.
Hey.